Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Football Friday. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you smell it? Smells like victory. One of my favorite scenes in motion picture history. Robert Duvall on the beach. Smell that? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, napalm like incinerates people, right? I love the smell of napalm. You know? Smells like victory. (laughs) That's kind of like where we are right now, getting ready for Monday night. Oh my God. Hey. I got let me let me throw something at you here. I can't wait to get started here. I cannot wait to get started. Lamar Jackson wins that game last night. And by by the way, I'm going to throw this at you here. Joe Burrow equals Joe Namath. Joe Namath played his entire NFL career injured. And I feel Joe Burrow is going to be the next Joe Namath. He's going to pop up and win a Super Bowl. But he's going to be injured his entire career. I have never seen him not injured. I've never seen him not injured. Then you have Lamar on the other side. By the way, I'll say this to you, man. The AFC, I think it's going to come down to the war of attrition on who wins the AFC. Those were two teams last night that were falling apart in front of our eyes. Just watching those two teams, those are good football teams. Those are are good football teams. And they're falling apart in front of our eyes. You know, Lamar Jackson has won 74% of his football games. 74%. He owns the NFC. As a matter of fact, do you know what the AFC is versus the NFC this year? The AFC is 31 and 19. You got to remember something about the NFC. You could have a bum quarterback. 
or a substandard quarterback and be a playoff contender. You can't in the AFC. You can't. You cannot be. You can have a Josh Dobbs and be a playoff contender. Not in the AFC. That's not happening. The quarterbacks are just better. They're just better. You can have somebody like Dak and Josh Dobbs, um, Sam Howell, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr. You can have all them bumps. You can't have that over on the other side of the aisle. There's just better football teams. And they beat up on one another each week, weekend and week out. You're playing against the elite quarterbacks in the sport. In the NFC, you're not. It's no shit. Look, the Eagles aren't out. You can have Brock Purdy and win. You know, it's it's funny when you look at, could Brock Purdy do what he's doing in the AFC? I don't know. I I really don't know. Okay, I, I, I don't. I know in the NFC, you really don't have a lot of competition. But hey, the Eagles are an outlier. It's not a rip on them. They take care of business. They kill those teams. Or are, are, are they more like an AFC team? Yeah. So it's not really shade. It's it's no shade on them. It's absolutely no shade. I'm saying the NFC sucks. And the Eagles have the least amount of resistance to get to the Super Bowl than you do over in the AFC side. It's like the SEC over there. Harder to win the SEC than it is a national championship. You really don't have any competition, but San Francisco and maybe Dallas. When you play week in and week out on the AFC side, when you watch a game like last night, that's going to, again, like I said, I think it's going to come down to the war of attrition. 31 and 19, the AFC is versus the NFC this year. That's kicking the shit out of your teams. Shit, Lamar Jackson's got some psychotic record versus NFC teams. Hey, get this. Let's put this out there. Okay, let's put this out there. Aaron Rodgers beat up on what? The Bears? And who else that was in that? The shitty Detroit Lions. And he put together like a really great win percentage. And they kind of went back and forth and ping pong with the Vikings, right? Lamar Jackson has won 74% of his games in the AFC North. Think of that. AFC North, he's won 74% of his games. Okay? Those teams are great, man. Okay? It's crazy. The Lions, Aaron Rodgers. Hey, for, for the record, Tom Brady beat up on a shitty AFC East. Who was a really good team in the AFC East during the Brady reign? Kind of the Jets for a few years. The Dolphins that one season when Brady got hurt. So sometimes records are not what they are. You play a better form of competition in the AFC on a weekly basis. Week to week, you're playing one of the elite guys or what you guys call elite. I think there's only one elite quarterback in the NFL. You play elite talent on that side of the aisle. There's no elite talent on the NFC side except for Jalen Hurts. That's not elite talent. He's really good. He's in the land of really good. The rest of them, outside of Hurts, who in the NFC 
at quarterback do you go, that guy's great? Or he has elite talent. Who? Name me one. What guy? Take Jalen Hurts. Hey, let's do this. Let's take Jalen Hurts out of the NFC. Who would you rank as the number one NFC? This will tell you all you need to know. Who would you rank right now if you take Hurts out of the conversation as the top quarterback in the NFC? Tell me who you think the top quarterback is in the NFC. Dak? Jared Goff. That's all you need to know. Jared Goff is the top quarterback in the NFC outside of Jalen Hurts, right? Man, holy shit. That's quite a cliff dive compared to what you got over on that other side of the aisle. There's a rookie that's playing in Houston that would be the second best quarterback in the NFC if he played in that conference. Least amount of resistance to get to the Super Bowl is on the NFC side. And the Eagles have taken complete advantage of that. Again, it's not shade. But your 8-1 record is not what you think it is compared to a 6-3 and three AFC team. 31-19, and 19, and I'm going to make another point here in a minute. You don't really play anybody over in that. You don't play a quarterback that can beat you. You play a quarterback every week that can beat you in there. Like, you can't go 5-5 five and five and think you're going to make the playoffs. Shit, the Bucs are still in the playoff race. Again, this is not shade. Because Philly has won the guys that are in front of them. You could take it that way, and if you do, that's a you thing, not me. I'm looking at things fairly here. That's like telling me back, like in college, because some of you like to use the college terminology and apply it to the NFL. That's like saying a shitty team in the Big 12 who goes undefeated is the same ranking and has the same preparation to play for championship games as an undefeated team in the Southeastern Conference. That's ridiculous. That's why the NFL is a week-to-week proposition. Okay? If I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm going to kick the NFC's ass for the next... Yes! Yes! He can own the conference. He can own... Jalen Hurts and the Eagles can own the conference for the next 10 years until they get someone traded into the conference, someone that can compete against... Nobody can compete against Jalen right now. He has no competition. Brock Purdy? Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson has. Burrow, Mahomes, Stroud, Lawrence, Herbert, Allen... Go down the list. You're playing against Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy. Again, not shade on Jalen. Jalen can't help that the NFC. This stuff goes in trends. And it it just goes in cycles. Some years the NFC will have the best quarterback. Some years the AFC will. Right now the AFC. It's, It's nothing. The Eagles can't control that the other teams in the NFC, do you know Kyler Murray might be the third best quarterback in the a- NFC right now? He might actually be the third best. I mean, the Eagles can't do anything about you can't draft a quarterback or you can't sign a quarterback. This is nothing about that. But when you guys keep talking to me about records, 
You're in the shittiest conference in the NFL because the teams in the conference, you can have a Josh Dobbs and still be in it. You can't have Josh Dobbs in the AFC and, and, and be a playoff contender. Josh Dobbs is not carrying a team. Well, watch, watch what that Cleveland thing does. Not a chance in hell. Whoever the guy is that they're going to put in there, not a chance in hell that Cleveland's going to – Cleveland was actually trending up, I thought. Okay? 11 actually is trying to debate that the NFC has better quarterbacks than the AFC. They're 31-19. and 19. They beat the piss out of that conference. They beat the piss out of them. And you're going to put up bigger numbers and better stats in the NFC. You're not really playing against anybody. Again, it's not an, this is not an eagle rip. This is an NFL rip. You don't have latitude. You can't put Josh Dobbs on an AFC team and win a playoff spot. It's not going to work. Okay? Look, look, look at what Anthony says. So what happens if we beat the Chiefs? I said this doesn't apply to you. Did you not hear me? I said the Eagles were an outlier. Once again, Anthony thinks I'm putting the Eagles in that conversation of all the shitty teams in the NFC with the shitty quarterbacks. I never said that. I never said that. You ain't eight and one in the AFC, I'll tell you that. Okay? Yeah, whatever, guy. By the way, that was Tone's take, and I happen to agree with Tone's take. 10 years, what quarterback do you see over in the NFC right now that's going to put a team on their back and carry them to a Super Bowl and really give Jalen Hurts competition? That guy's not in the league yet, and he's surely nowhere to be seen in the upcoming draft. Caleb Williams, good luck. Draft him. Good luck. (laughs) Hey, Ruiz goes, the AFC sucks balls. Really? They kicking the shit out of the NFC this year. Kicking Lamar owns the NFC. Every time he lines up against an NFC, and, and by the way, Tone had one of the best takes two weeks ago. That's the kind of team you don't want to see in a Super Bowl because he's multi he's multi-talented and being able to cover a guy like that might be a challenge. You don't have a guy in the NFC like Lamar Jackson, except for maybe Kyler Murray. You don't have a guy like that. And again, it's okay. Look at how some of you take a comment about me taking a shit on the rest of the league and not the Eagles. And you think that I'm applying that to Philly too. Where did you get that? You take care of business. By the way, I'm not compromising my take here by coming around and making you feel better about yourself. The NFC blows. It compared to, you have no, Jalen has no contemporary in the NFC. He has no contemporary. When you, when you, when you go through the playoffs in the NFC right now, what is that? So I guess what the first round would be in the wild card as of right now, the CJ Stroud would take on Lamar Jackson. 
over in the NFC, you would have Josh Dobbs versus Jared Goff. Okay? Right. Then you would have, right now, the Browns aren't going to make it. I think another team, you're going to get, you, you would have, the Browns are in it right now, but that was because Deshaun Watson had just beaten the Ravens. That thing's going to fall off. And then you're going to have to take on Trevor Lawrence. The Browns aren't going to continue to win. You got Dak versus Purdy. I guess, okay. I mean, Bengals, the Colts would be the third seed right now. The Colts would be the third seed in the NFC. Anyway, um, let's do this. Our good friend Tone is going to join us at 3.30, as he always does for our segment. Jason Cole, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, and Yahoo Sports will join us at 4.30, as he always does. Philly Godfather is kicking ass. Okay? He'll join us at 5.30. Jesus goes, I love when doofuses think Hurts got punked. When friends are competitive, that's what happens. But Niner fans don't have friends. Jalen Hurts getting punked? When was that? Um, Purdy can win by check. That's not my point. Okay? That's not my point here. You got the you you the AFC is having a spectacular year versus the NFC. Okay? Now, let's get into the topics here. We're going to look at week 11 here in a minute. Also, by the way, our good friends at Hooters. Guys, do me a favor. Be on the lookout for a code word. My friend Tone will throw that code word out. You'll see it throughout the 4 hours of the program. All you do is have to Email us your information at dancilioshow at gmail.com. You can win yourself some gift certificates, potential, potentially get some merchandise. Football Monday, we will name your name if you are so named that winner. And we look forward to that. You'll see that code word throughout the entire four hours of the program. And we look forward to that and you guys being able to be part of our great program here. And that's all with our good friends at Hooters and also at Jacob here. All right. Let me ask the question here to you. What team has played a better schedule that will prepare them for Monday's game, Eagles or Chiefs? I looked at it pretty closely. Overall record, 40 and 35 teams that the Chiefs have played. They've played four playoff teams. The Eagles, 35 and 40 is the record of the combined teams. That's not glaring. It's kind of the same. It's kind of the same. I'm, I'm not, I'm that's not, I'm not, I'm not off, off the, I'm not, but here. They've played against three teams that have winning records. The Chiefs have played four playoff teams. And again, Golf, Lawrence, Wilson, Herbert, Tua. The Chiefs have played. The Eagles have played. I'm going to put Cousins in there because I think Cousins was having a great year. When you guys played Minnesota, Cousins was in the building, right? It wasn't Dobbs, right? 
Tua and Dak. The rest of them were bums. Who's better prepared for Monday? Who's more battle-tested for Monday's game? Eagles or Chiefs? Cousins was healthy. Cousins was a Kurt was great in that game against Philly, actually. He was really good. So I put him on that list. I thought Kurt played great in that game. I, I didn't think I don't even think he threw a pick in that game. Who's more prepared for this game Monday and haven't played against tougher competition? I think it's easy. I think it's easy. It's the Chiefs. You know, you 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 look at who you've played, how you've played. Now, I will say this to you about the Eagles, and the one thing that I think helps them as they get ready for Monday, I think they've had to battle more. I think they've had to overcome more. Man, I'll tell you what, that defense at the beginning of the season, that thing looked like it had an oil leak. I mean, that thing looked like the Exxon Valdez on how bad that thing was leaking. And you're going like this, man. I mean, does that harden you? I think it does. Because, again, your margin of error was not great like it was a year ago. You were you were complete a year ago. You're not complete this year. You're like the rest of the teams in the NFL now. Last year, you were not com- you were not like the rest of the teams. You were a complete ball team. As a matter of fact, the only thing that needed to be more mature when it came to his play was the quarterback. And that evolved that as the year went on. <laughs> it totally evolved. Remember something. As much as you guys like to crown Jalen last year, in September of last year, and 22, there were still question marks on what the Eagles were going to do at quarterback. As that thing went through the year, it ended it. It totally ended it. That's why they went and got two ones. That's why they were able to do other things in the draft. Okay? Yeah, okay, RTF, you... See, look at look. Here's a guy like that that'll lie to himself. The start of the 2022 season, you really believe that the Eagles thought Jalen Hurts was the future quarterback of this team? You are out of your mind coming off a nine and eight season. You're out of your mind. You don't remember the conversations? Of course you don't. Of course you don't. You lie, you make things up, and you want it to fit your narrative so that your take. You talk about changing your opinion. How about ignoring what you thought initially? It's okay to change your opinion. Okay, on a kid. Here, I'll give you an example of that. I'll give you an example. I don't know, Tone, maybe everybody. Do you think that Russell Wilson has changed the opinion of the Denver Broncos a little bit now? on going forward with him and maybe building a team around him after what they've seen over the last three months compared to what they saw last year and at the beginning of the season? Do you think that the Broncos are now pausing it like the Lions paused it and we're thinking, God, I guess golf is the guy. You think Russell Wilson 
has stopped that conversation up there where you went, we got to get out of this, man. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. And all of a sudden now, Russell Wilson makes you go like this. Okay. That's what Hurts did. And that guy's going to Canton. He's going to Canton. So it changes. Actually, monthly. Weekly at times. Okay? Russ stinks. He's going to Hall of Fame. That's how much he stinks. He's going to the Hall of Fame. When 2022 started, Hertz had to prove he could play. That's why they drafted Smith and traded for Brown. They wanted to give Hertz a fair shot to prove he could win. If Hertz was mediocre with Brown and Smith, he would not be here. Thank God he proved otherwise. That's exactly what played out. They're not going to spend $20 million on a wide receiver and your quarterback sucks out loud. That's not going to work. They'd have moved off him in a second. By the way, your general manager had made a trade with the Seattle Seahawks. And the only reason Russell Wilson is not an eagle is because Russ voided the deal. So stop your bullshit. Think about that. General manager in 2022 at the beginning of the season didn't want Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback at the Eagles. But he changed his opinion so much, they signed him to a $250 million deal. Think about that. I hear Tone always talking about where his ascent has come from. I don't give a shit about Pro Bowls and wins. All I care about is what I just said. You go from a general manager having a contract on the table for Russell Wilson to sign, and they're moving off of Hurts to where they ended up at the end of the year giving a guy in the offseason $250 million? That's all you need to know, dude. Follow the money. Not the backpacks. You know, slapping on the back? Your general manager was moving off of Jalen Hurts. They were moving off of that. Look at this. Deion goes, never wanted Russell. Oh, you didn't want him. Okay, Deion. Your general manager did. There was a deal on the table. Right? Think of that. So when you say that I'm just throwing shit out there, your GM had a three-year contract on the table that resembles what you have in Denver now for Russell Wilson. And it wasn't that Wilson wasn't, he didn't, he had a no trade. He said no. Sills, we don't know whether the deal. They've reported they did. Wilson said it himself with the. It's a lie. You're lying. You're lying. Wow. It's okay. This is nothing. He, folks, he's proven it. It's okay. He's proven it. Okay? McMullen even talks about it. No one has to lie about this. Oh, no, but because when I point out your GM didn't want Hurts and was prepared to move off him, you don't want to hear that. Because you, even Howie lying. Yeah, well, we knew the whole time. No, you didn't. 
because you put it to, that that's another thing about Howie and that whole thing with that deal here. I get back to my topic here, but I mean, even Howie lies. Oh, we knew that he was going to be. No, you didn't, because you gave Russell Wilson a contract. Oh, well, we knew. No, you didn't. You gave Wentz a contract, and then you gave Russell Wilson a contract offer. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we're so sure. The deal was on the table. Russ said no because he didn't want to do that to Jalen. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, you know what? I don't want that $255 million. You know, I don't want to do that to Jalen. I'll get it somewhere. <laughs> Dude, nobody gives a shit about the next guy when you're talking that kind. You're talking a quarter of a billion dollars. You think I'm looking out for some dude next to me or I give a shit about my best friend if somebody's putting a quarter of a billion dollars of generational wealth in front of me. I could give 10 shits about my friend. Hey, man, you if you're my friend, you'll understand. JoJo thinks I'm full of shit with that. <laughs> Look how many people don't want to believe that that deal was real. Wow. Man, I catch you guys in denial like Cowboy fans. Some of you are just pathetic. How you look at shit, it's pathetic. No wonder. I don't know how and what kind of sports talk people talk to you on a daily basis. This is not a rip. Jalen's proved it. You know how he's proved it? His direct deposits every Tuesday. That's how he's proved it. Not about getting slapped on the back about how you're a good dude and a great team leader and all that other bullshit. Bottom line, the direct deposit. Am I right, Tone? The direct deposit is all you need to have in validation. When you get that direct deposit every Tuesday and it hits your bank and you got that big $50 million paycheck coming every year, you don't need to have any other validation from some sort of media turd or anybody else. Because that's how you're gauged in this league. Not by backslaps and attaboys and good job, kid. <laughs> hey, and by the way, you know what it shows you? You guys call me, hey, how many people in here flip-flopped on Hertz? None of you. <laughs> if the Eagles offered Watson a fully guaranteed, he would have chose Philly easily. People got to wake up. They think he is Cleveland. They think he is Cleveland because he likes the weather. That's right. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson would have been also in Philadelphia. Guaranteed money was what was the bribe. He got bribed to go to Cleveland. Deal was true. Russ didn't want to play here. Hence why he voided it. Yeah. Yes. Now, okay, Monday night, who has the better preparation for this game on Monday? Who's had and who is more prepared for this game on Monday, the Eagles or the Chiefs? Who's more prepared? Maurice goes, Hurts is better now. That's not the point. 
The deal was on the table. You're missing the entire point. In hindsight, yeah. He's not playing poorly, though. It's a cult, Dan. They gaslight your non-eagle takes. Wow. (laughs) Hold up for a second, man. Do I have a bloody nose on that one, Scooter? Because that's the facts. But that's most people. Like, when I talk about the shitty NFC, that's not a positive. I think Eagles, I don't know how you, I, I said they're an outlier. They're not really part of the crappy-ass quarterbacks in the NFC. I even said that. But somehow they tied it in where I'm saying that the Eagles have played lesser competition. They have. Oh, wait. Lesser quarterbacks. Okay? Than what you do in the AFC side. That's a fact. Follow the money. Once again, follow the money. Very simple. There's not $50 million quarterbacks over on the NFC side, except two, Dak, um, Jalen, Murray. Who else? Follow the money. All right. Who's more prepared? Who's more prepared for this game on Monday night? <clears throat> who's more prepared? Man, the Chiefs are winning ball games. They're seven and two with nobody except Kelsey. There's two guys that are beating elite quarterbacks on a week-to-week basis. It's incredible. Like, Kansas City is not going to lose to Zach Wilson. You're going to lose to Russell Wilson. You lost to Jared Goff. Jared Goff didn't – hey, who won that game that Monday night? Do you guys remember? Was it Goff that outplayed Mahomes when he was with the Rams? Was like 42-40. Did Mahomes win that game or was that golf? Whatever reason, man, Jared Goff against Patrick Mahomes, he always plays well against him. I forget what the score was of that game. It's about three years ago. It was supposed to be um that game was supposed to be played like in there was like fires or something in Mexico City. Weren't they supposed to play that game in Mexico? And and, and and golf goes nuts. Both guys went for like 400 yards. It was like an insane game. He always, Jared Goff always plays great against Patrick Mahomes. Okay? Always plays great against him. I don't know what, yeah, like Eli Manning kind of shit against Brady. And, and I agree, Scooter. I, I really am starting to like Jared Goff more. Goff won that game? Man. So he's like 2-0 versus Patrick Mahomes? That's crazy. That's crazy great. That's crazy great for him. Man, I can't believe how well he plays. Two thousand. Oh, that's right. It was 54-51. Rams and golf beat Mahomes and the Chiefs. In 2018, is that the year they won the Super Bowl? They won the Super Bowl that year, the Chiefs? 
Or is that the year that the that the Rams went and lost to the Patriots? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the year that the Rams lost to the Patriots, 14-13, because 17, the Eagles had beaten the Patriots. That's right. That's right. That's what that was. 17 points scored between both teams in that Super Bowl. One of the worst Super Bowls in the history of God. Okay. I think it's an interesting question on who's ready to play on Monday and who's been more prepared to play and whose season has prepared them more. Um, I think the Eagles have had to overcome more. I do. I think they've had to overcome more. And I think it's made a medal for them. I do. I think it's made a medal for them. I think when you think about what they've had to go through defensively, new coordinators, look at all the things that you've had to fight through this year. You know what? Wouldn't we say this? The quarterbacks may not have been that great, but one of the things that I think that you're not getting credit for from enough of the people in the media, and maybe to my point also, the Eagles' biggest battle was the Eagles. New coordinators, new personnel coming off a Super Bowl loss. I mean, look at what it did to the Falcons. The Falcons are trying to dig themselves still out of that debacle when the Patriots beat them. Look at the Rams. They've fallen apart. Look at the Bucs. They're not even close to being what they were. Look at all these teams that have won recent Super Bowls. Look at the Patriots. That's a great point. Look at all the teams that have lost Super Bowls or won Super Bowls over the last couple of years outside of the Chiefs, what's the common denominator? They all suck. They all suck. Rams, Bucks, Patriots. Not the Eagles, though. And the Eagles are taking advantage of not having great quarterbacks in that conference. However, there's been there's been a ton of change with the Eagles. That's not the same team. <clears throat> that's not the same team. You got more continuity in Kansas City than what you do. I think you have more turnover in Philly, and you've had to overcome turnover. You get new bosses. What happens when you get a new boss? When you get a new boss, there's a change of philosophy. You, you could try to have the same culture all you want, but you got a new boss. Okay. And 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 tone goes to D coordinators. Okay. D coordinators versus the great quarterbacks. Here, let me let me throw this at you here. Okay. So coaching matters in the NFL. Um, that's not a horrible take, actually. I don't believe that that's at all. You can't say he's not right. I'm talking tone here. But what I will say is this, coaches are not as tied to the record as you think the quarterback is. You take a good quarterback away from Bill Belichick, he sucks. You take a quarterback away, how many, that's why a guy like Shanahan, who can win with three different quarterbacks, that's what separates him and why people look at him as being maybe potentially the best or one of the best coaches in the National Football League is because 
he did what Dan he did what Joe Gibbs did. Joe Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Okay, no coach has ever done that with three different guys. Nobody's won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. It's not happening. Gibbs is the only guy to do that. That shows you his genius. You take you take Jalen Hurts away from Nick Sirianni. Everyone's saying, well, he's the best coach in the NFL. Really? You take Jalen Hurts away from him. You're telling me he's better than Belichick? Not true. That record's more tied into that position than what the head coach is. If Rex Ryan had Tom Brady and Belichick had Mark Sanchez, Bill Belichick would have been fired 15 years ago. It comes down to the quarterback in this league and finding the right combination and being able to pull the best out. That's what makes Andy Reid great. Andy Reid's a great play caller. Okay? What are we talking about? Scenarios that don't exist? What's that? What what scenarios that don't exist? Anyway. Bengals are tanking? No, they're not. They're hurt. Chiefs got a Hall of Fame coach. That Hall of Fame coach would be nobody. No. he If he had Alex Smith, he'd be Alex Smith. If Andy Reid had Donovan McNabb, he'd be Donovan McNabb. If Chuck Noll had Terry Bradshaw, he'd be Terry Bradshaw. And if he had Bubby Brister, he'd be Bubby Brister. There's no denying that. Every head coach that's had a superstar run in this league has had a superstar quarterback. Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil had really good quarterbacks. Then he got Kurt Warner, or he found Kurt Warner, or he fell into Kurt Warner. Burrow's out for the season. Um, I hope that's not true because Cincinnati's finished if that's the case. Okay? If he's out for the season, that means the Texans, in my opinion, are probably going to make the playoffs. Holy shit. What a year for C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud may just actually get his football team to the divisional round. Man. That would be insane if he was able to do that. I mean, incredible. Incredible. The the coaching record that you have, it's tied to the quarterback. Okay? It's tied to the QB. It's Jalen Hurts. It really is. It's a team award, and it's the players, defense and offense but it is the quarterback. It's not the coach because the coach is tied to the quarterback. Man, that's torn ligament and his throwing hand. You saw that last night. Man, you just paid that guy to become the highest paid player in the National Football League. And Joe Burrow nameth. That's what he's becoming. Man, you hope that guy fulfills his destiny. But again, part of the NFL He's playing every game and being healthy 
for every week. And if you're not, availability is going to be part of this whole thing too, dude. Mahomes, Jackson, AFC, chip game. Wow. And I think Lamar can beat that team. Okay. John Madden. Let's see here. Sills always hate, always late to saying players are good like Jalen Hurts. No, never late. You got to continue to prove it every week. Okay. You got to prove it every week, dude. You don't get, you don't get a, you don't get a lifetime tag where you're considered the best uh, player at your position for the rest of your life. Like it's a Supreme court hiring and you get that tag for the rest of your life. The national football league is not only just a week to week conversation when it comes to teams, it's also a week to week conversation with players and coaches. You're evaluated every week, dude. There's a reason they keep film on it. There's a reason they evaluate you. There's a reason that they grade you. There's a reason that they talk to you at the end of the year when your player evaluation out the door telling you what you need to do to get better. It's professional football. And every week and every day and every practice, you're evaluated. And you're either going in one direction or you're going in the other direction, like Carson Wentz. You don't get a lifetime tag on being good. People go through streaks and trends. Some guys are great for a longer period of time. Some guys are great for a shorter period of time. This is common sense, I thought, but not always the things that we talk about that are common sense are common to talk about because most of you don't give a shit about it or understand it, but that's okay. That's kind of why I'm here also. Um, okay. Burrow will throw in the towel. Yeah, that's what he'll do. The highest paid player in the league. Revenge season starts Monday. Okay. Call Burl dual threat. He's not dual threat. He's injury prone. Like your guy, N'Kobe Dean. He's injury prone. Like I said about your guy, Dean. He'll never be a star in Philly. Ever. Damn shame. I probably think he's a good ball player. But because you suck out loud and you're horrible at drafting linebackers, you should go and get into free agency and try to sign a guy because you can't draft a guy. You're the worst at it. You can't bring a linebacker in to save your life. Get this. You get more success out of UDFAs than you do in trades than you do in the draft. But how he recognizes his failures now. That's why he doesn't pay. You know why he doesn't pay the position? Because he knows his failures. They don't sign free agent linebackers. Why? Because the majority of them, he knows that he could get just enough out of what he needs with Zach Cunningham or Nicholas Morrow, who he cut. And that's why he goes in the draft. And if the Kobe Dean doesn't pan out or the other third round, you've had two third round draft choices in a row cut that he drafted. Two in a row. And you've had two middle linebackers that are UDFAs. Cunningham and um, TJ Edwards. What's that all you need to know, man? 
Our secondary might be shredded each week, but as long as we don't have four turnovers, we win out. I'll tell you this, Peter. The one thing, again, that I keep saying about Monday, and one thing that that Eagle defense does do, you're only giving up 20 points a game. You give up 20 points a game and you average 29 points a game, and you're not giving up a shitload of points and you're doing an okay job on red zone defense, you you can throw the ball all you want from 20 to 20. As long as you're playing better red zone defense, that's all that this thing comes down to. I'm going to let Patrick Mahomes throw for 750 yards as long as he doesn't score 28 points. I win that game. If Patrick Mahomes has 650 yards and he has three touchdowns, I win that game. It doesn't matter how it looks. Well, some of you, it matters. This is not a BCS thing. I don't give a shit if it's 54-51 or 3-2. This comes down to winning that game Monday and keeping teams off your heels for home field. Okay? All this is pointless when you're 8-1. and one. You missed the entire conversation as usual. You're 8-1 and one in the lesser conference versus the lesser quarterbacks. Are you better than Kansas City? I don't think so. I think you're right there with them. I think Kansas City is just as good as you. And in many areas, they're more complete than you. And they got a better coaching staff than you. And they've proved that two straight games. You're the ones that have to prove it. They don't. Even if they lose this game, they don't have to prove anything. What up, big sales? Chiefs going down, and the Bengals are down, and Dallas still stinks. Love you, man. Absolutely. Kansas City has nothing to prove on Monday. They just got to continue to win because you can't have a lot of losses in that conference because you could lose. Dude, home field advantage is so wide open still over in the AFC. It's really not open in the NFC, in my opinion, because I think Dallas are frauds. I don't know who Detroit is yet. We'll see. These next couple – hey, these next couple games for Detroit and Dallas are more important, actually, than for the Eagles because, in my opinion – I think the Eagles pretty much, they get through this five-game stretch, and I said you're going four and one. I know some of you think that I'm wishing you to lose. (laughs) Do you know how many people in Philadelphia are saying you're going two and three? The majority of them, right, Tone? I think you're winning Monday. Oh, maybe that's breaking news. I think you're winning Monday. I think you're going four and one. I think you're going four and one. Dallas, Detroit, Minnesota. Okay. Okay. I got them going three and two. Most reporters keep saying two and three. Not me. I got four and one. And no, I'm not trying to set you up so that I could go. You couldn't go four and one. You're not a championship team. I'll bury that now. That's not what I'm doing. I don't play that Skip Bayless game. Okay? You're playing against really good quarterbacks coming up. By the way, that Buffalo game, I know many of you think, and you keep saying now that the Bills suck. They're going to be a desperate team. The Bills are back in it now. 
because the Bengals are out. The Bengals and the Browns are out. Think about that. The Bengals lost Burrow, and the Browns lost Watson. Those teams are done. The Bills are back in it. The Bills do suck. We'll find out. We'll find out. Okay? We will find out how great you're going to be against Stefan Diggs. There's no Stefan Diggs Monday night. Okay? We'll find out. You guys can't cover people as it is, but you're going to cover Diggs. You haven't covered anybody all year. You're the worst pass defense in the league on first downs, given and allowed. Stop acting like you are. These quarterbacks over the next five weeks are going to complete passes on you because everyone in the league has. That's the trend. I mean, the completion percentage is like 78% against you. And and these are the Baker Mayfields of the world and the Kirk Cousins and the Sam Howells. And it's not the guys that we're talking about over on the AFC side. Okay. Yeah. Baker Mayfield was thrown to those dudes. Baker Mayfield. Are you telling me that you really? So if I have, so wait a minute, here's a great point on what this guy just said about guys like Mike Evans. So what's happened to Devontae Adams in Las Vegas? How come Devontae Adams is not putting up big numbers? Why do you think that is? Why do you think Devontae Adams is not the player you see? He's still putting decent numbers up. But why aren't you considering Devontae Adams right now one of the better receivers in the league? And he is. But why? Because they got no quarterback. Ain't no Aaron Rodgers in that building. This comes down to the QB in this league today. That's why the Eagles wanting to Jalen Hurts to become more of a passing quarterback is essential to the contract. Get this. It's more essential to the contract that he signed that he becomes more of a passer. And it's a priority for them that he wins from the pocket. That's why they're going to live with the interceptions. I I determined that early on. I go like this, eight interceptions right now for Jalen Hurts. I don't think that's a lot. I'm not going to kill him on that. Why? Because the rest of the big-time arms in the league are kind of around that number two. Now, if you want to have a guy only throw the ball 20 times a game, and he has eight picks, and he's on pace to throw for only 400 attempts, we got a problem. But if you got a guy that's going to throw the ball 600, that's what made Brady so insane last year. You know, Brady led the NFL in passing attempts, and he had, I think, less interceptions than you guys, than uh, Jalen did last year. I think he had six. Tom Brady threw the ball 758 times or something. And I think he had six picks, six or nine. I can't remember. And he threw the ball twice as much as Hertz did. Well, here's here's the common denominator. Jalen's interceptions are up because Jalen's throwing the ball more. Mahomes, 
throws the ball 600 times. Okay, he has 11, 12, 13 picks every year, right? That's kind of normal. Brady had nine picks in 2023 on 733 attempts. That's almost 300 more attempts than Hertz had. You tell me if that's a shitty number of nine picks. Think about that. Brady had almost 300 more attempts. <laughs> had three picks. Or excuse me, was it? Yeah, three, three, three more picks and 300 more attempts. That means he only threw one interception 1% of the time. Yeah, Brady, Brady sucked. <laughs> you got a guy throwing a ball almost 800 times and he has nine picks. Are you going to take that? This guy had under 10 picks and 750 attempts. <laughs> That's why when Jalen Hurts ends the season with 12 interceptions, I don't believe we'll be up there near 15, but when he ends the season at 13 interceptions, that's not going to be a crazy number when he's got 29 touchdowns. By the way, I disagree with both Rob and um, um, Tone. I think he does throw for 30 because he's going to have to because your running game, I don't think it's going to get better. Unless he runs more. You don't have the talent in the backfield. I, I believe um, DeAndre Swift's rushing numbers are going to continue to diminish because they want him healthy for the postseason. They do not want to wear that guy out. And in the NFC, what's the point? You're going to beat the Giants twice. What What's the point? You're going to beat, don't you play Chicago too? You're going to beat them. You don't need to kill that guy on 25 carries. I want DeAndre Swift healthy for the postseason. That's when I'm going to run him 20 times. That's when I'm going to get his ass into the postseason, and I'm going to wear him out in the postseason. Okay? Or you play Arizona? Arizona, that might be a more interesting ball game. They got Connor back. They really don't have a wide receiver, but at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm going to be very, I, I, by, Hey, by the way, Kyler Murray versus CJ Stroud, I think this weekend, that's not going to be a horrible, uh, game to watch. I think Arizona could go in there and beat them. I think Kyler Murray could go in there against that defense and beat them. Cause I don't think, uh, Houston's defense is all that great in the secondary. Okay. I do. I, I, I do. Swift is getting a normal amount of carries. Actually, it's not normal amount. When he was in Detroit, I believe his average carries were around eight. And if he's getting 15, he's getting double the load that he ever got when he was in Detroit. So that's not a true statement. I think DeAndre Swift averaged around seven or eight carries in Detroit a year. Okay, and now if he's averaging 15, 16 carries a game, that's double the carry. That's double the workload. It's something you have to keep in mind as he goes, because he's never, he will have more carries this year in his career 
if he's healthy than any time in his career. In 2022, he averaged seven carries per game. This year, he's averaging 15. That's double the workload. That's not even counting contact in the perimeter when it comes to his play, his play chart, when it comes to him in the slot or him getting screen passes. He's touching the ball probably three to one more than he has at any time in his career, and he has had injury issues. That's something that I probably think that they're keeping an eye on because outside of DeAndre Swift, you have nothing. And that's why you've lost a little physicality in your run game. It's because Hurts is the physicality. Hurts, doesn't it make sense to you guys? I, 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 I find this conversation crazy here a little bit. Because doesn't it, doesn't it, what is the number one physical play that the Philadelphia Eagles run every game for the last three years with Jalen Hurts? That is the number one staple that exudes physicality. What's the number one thing they do that establishes physicality? What's the number one play they run? The brotherly shove. It's not handing it to a back. It's not a power back like Derrick Henry. It's not LeGarrette Blunt. It's not any of that. That's the physical part. It's the only physical part of your run game that's left. Swift's not a physical runner. Jalen is. Well, you know what? I, I, I never thought about this. Is Jalen... Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson are probably the most physical football players in the NFL at the quarterback position. They are probably the most physical players at that position. Lamar Jackson's a physical specimen. He, he is. Hurts, too. When Hurts is hurt, run game suffers. When a quarterback traditionally, and that's a quarter, if, if if Brock Purdy hurts his ankle, that doesn't affect the 49er run game. Right? If, if Brock Purdy has a twisted knee, that doesn't hurt the run game in San Francisco. You, you know what? Um... It's Lamar Jackson was hurt last night, right? Dual threat. You know what may come down to this whole thing for the AFC? What quarterback can make it through the season? And that may play right into the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Because you know what you may have? You may be playing against C.J. Stroud at the end of the day. In the Super Bowl. <laughs> Highly unlikely. But you keep losing players like Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, eventually, don't you get down to Nick Foles? And don't you get down to Case Keenum? Don't you don't you get down to that eventually? I think the biggest nightmare that the league is looking at right now 
Do you really want to have Case Keenum and Nick Foles for a conference championship game because you can't get these quarterbacks to the finish line and to the AFC championship game? Or Hurts even being banged. Let me tell you this. If Jalen Hurts gets hurt, okay, if Jalen Hurts gets hurt, you're talking about horrific TV ratings because you have nobody on that side I give a shit about, including Dak. Do you think I want to see Jared Goff in the Super Bowl versus what? Trevor Lawrence? You want to see Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, or Lamar Jackson? Or you want to see Josh Allen or Herb? You want to see one of those guys? I do not want to see some bum thing like we saw with that 17 NFC Championship game. Case Keenum and Nick Foles. Holy shit. Got to be kidding me. (laughs) Okay. No one will know who's more prepared until Monday's night game. Well, no. If I play better competition each and every single week, or better yet, let me take that back. I pay, I play better quarterbacks every week. Am I not better prepared than you? Am I not better prepared than you if I'm taking on better quarterbacks every week? You can answer the you it's okay. I think you're more prepared. Hey, let me ask you this. Going through Daniel Jones in the conference title game versus going through, what was it, Herbert and Burrow for Patrick Mahomes. You think that prepared Kansas City better to be behind? Trevor Lawrence and Burrow. They had won a ton of games in a playoff game, too. And Daniel Jones and Christian McCaffrey were the quarterbacks in the NFC side. Nothing the Eagles could do about that. Again, that's not an Eagle problem. They took care of business. I don't look at that. I I look at it on who you played against. That's all. That's not an Eagle problem that your quarterback got killed. (laughs) That's... That's a San Francisco 49er alignment problem. Hey, Sills, quarterback got hurt. Is that an excuse? No, he should have blocked better. That's not an excuse. No, you don't. See, that's one thing here. You don't get that with me. Well, if we would have had Brock Purdy, we would have beat them. (laughs) Yeah, okay, right. If I was smarter with my money, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) okay so you guys think no knee brace that means they run more there were 10 design runs in that Super Bowl in the first half last year that netted 52 yards rushing do you think they go back to that formula remember you only lost by three are you going to go back to that formula that you were in that ball game close with them or are you going to sit back and drop back not run the ball and you're get this. Here's here's something to think about. 
if Kansas City gets 105 yards rushing and you get 70, they won the run game, which kept them and made you honest. I think it's – they don't have to have 200 yards rushing. They just have to outrush you. Because then guess what happens? The Eagles are one-dimensional. Kansas City beats you one-dimensional already. In that second half, fourth quarter. Now the run game set it up. The run game set the fourth quarter up. That's for sure. But that fourth quarter was pitch and catch. But granted, 158 rushing. I mean, am I wrong when I say this? That the Kansas City Chiefs have put up the most rushing yards of any pro football team in two years that played against a Nick Sirianni team. Am I right when I say that, Philly? Has any other team put up nearly 400 yards in rushing versus the Eagles? Kansas City has had the best rushing attack. I can't think of another team that has had better rushing numbers um, against you than Kansas City. I can't think of any team that's out. I mean, 158 and then 200. No, Philly, I'm talking the last two years. Has any team in the last two years had better rushing numbers and they were 6'3 and 6'1 a clip? Has any team had more rushing yards in two games than what Kansas City... Kansas City must have the number one and number two rushing games against the Eagles. That's why Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to throw the ball for 300 yards against you. I think he's going to have to Monday night. I think he's going to have to Monday night. Washington this last year only had 100 yards a game. They averaged almost 171 yards a game against you in two games. They they crushed what Washington did. It's an advantage of not having Gannon this time, who was sleeping with the Cardinals. <laughs> um, I don't think they can run on you too. I do not. I'm with you. I do not think they can run on you. Washington last year had more than 200 yards rushing on you, and 158. Maybe, maybe one, maybe. Maybe one of those Washington games. Maybe one of those Washington games. Since 2021, and if I'm guessing no one, but it's a fair guess based off the trends, one may argue the Eagles' defense is more prepared. They are more prepared because of the play of Davis, his uptake in his play, and because of the addition of Carter. Absolutely. But I can't think of two teams or any team that has put up more numbers like 200 yards and 158. They've averaged 171 yards against you. The Chiefs. And the Chiefs were 20th in rushing. 20th. Yeah, Philly. The biggest fear on the, um, the biggest fear, Philly 500, is, I think, is Mahomes in the perimeter. And as I said yesterday, you got to herd this kid. Hurt him to one side of the field like Denver did and Vance Joseph. 
Don't let him sit back there creating passing lanes and moving around in the pocket, not setting the edge. Can I tell you this? You got to almost play him like Hurts. You got to keep him contained. If you don't set the edge on Mahomes, what a rough one. It's like watching old Aaron Rodgers play. Rodgers out in the open, man, deadly because he's so accurate. All right. My friend Tone's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Happy Wings given from our friends at Hooters. Don't forget, the month of November, you get an opportunity to have great specials each and every single day, like Coors Light, Drafts, $2.99, 25 cents goes to local charities on every purchase. The Hooter calendars 2024 are out. I believe nine of the girls are also featured in the calendars. And inside the calendars, guys, it's not just really good-looking Hooter iconic girls there. It's $100 in gift cards that are inside the um, the calendars as well. And you can get those calendars at northeastutors.com. The great specials like Military Mondays, 20% off each and every single Monday. Tuesdays by 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. The year the place was founded, man, I love seafood Sundays, the buffalo shrimp, the steamers, the stone crabs. One of the benchmarks of Hooters is the great seafood. Kids eat for free on Saturday. That's northeastooters.com, northeastooters.com. And when you roll in, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Tony, join us at the bottom of the hour as he does each and every single Monday through Friday at 3.30. Jason Cole, Pro Football Hall of Fame writer, Yahoo Sports, and Philly Godfather will join us at 5.30. Um, I want to show you the difference between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles for a second. So, Howie Roseman looked at what they did and how they – and by the way, the Cowboys, man – they ran into and lucked out so much in Michael Parsons. Now, would you rather have Michael Parsons or Patrick Sertain? In the shitty NFC, can you imagine Patrick Sertain in the NFC? He'd be going to Canton. I'd Not me. Michael Parsons is not Miles Garrett. You put... Michael Parsons in the AFC. You think he's Miles Garrett? I don't think so. I think Miles Garrett benefits from being in a shitty conference. Excuse me. Let me take that back. I keep saying that. Shitty quarterback conference. I think he benefits. And you ever notice the only guy that really eats him up and kills him is Jalen. Every time he plays against a really good quarterback, well, there's only one, he kills him. I'm going to be interested to see how he plays against Jared Goff. Okay? I'll be very interested to see how he plays. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean missing Parsons. I would say this to you. Would you rather have Patrick Sertain or Micah Parsons? (laughs) Patrick Sertain in the NFC guarding Sam Howell and Daniel Jones and them bums. Holy cow. Would his stats be, would his stats look even better than what they do now? He is a great player. He he is a great football player. Okay. He, he is. He's a great, he's a great football player. I think he's a better player. I, I think Patrick Sertain is a better football player than Michael Parsons. But Jerry overvalues his guys, as they always do. Well, here's the difference, too, between the Eagles and and the Cowboys. They draft Mozzie Smith. You take Jalen Carter. You have Michael Parsons. How he goes and finds Hassan Reddick. He equals it. He actually equalizes it. Oh, yeah, Patrick Sertain's a better player than Michael Parsons is. Patrick Sertain, what's a more value of a position, pass rusher or elite corner? Who would you rather have in your defense right now? 
a pass rusher or a corner? The Cowboys will tell you they'd rather have the corner. Why? Because Denver took him before him, and they traded with the Eagles and got lucky and landed on Parsons. That's how that worked out. They wanted Sertain. Then they dropped and they took the second option. Their actions speak to it, not just. Don't see when I tell you that you make it sound like that's an opinion. That's what they did. Yeah, Patrick Sertain, Darrell Rivas, see a lot of that. Herds him out with that one elbow and that arm bar, the way he plays. He, and this is why I think Howie screwed up by not giving the 30-second pick if you guys win it and maybe a, a contingent, another number one, for a lockdown corner who's 24 years old. I think that's preposterous. You've never drafted corners anyway. Why would? Why in the world wouldn't you not have done that? You're, you, you, you've, that's the Eagles valuing their draft choices a little bit too much more, but that's what he does. Because remember, it's important for him. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure N'Kobe Dean gets every opportunity to play. And again, I don't even know if he's good. I just know he's never there. Okay? I just know he's never there. Paxter's retained is not taking over. Yes, he is. Michael Parsons takes over games? What game? You'll have to excuse me. I don't remember a game. Look, look, look at what this guy just said. He says Michael Parsons take over, takes over games. You mean like the Cardinals? The Eagle games? What games has he taken over this year that they've won? What's their signature win, the Cowboys, this year? Shit, what's their signature win for 28 years? What is Micah Parsons' signature win this year? The Chargers? Okay. Can I tell you what the Eagles do to teams? They make teams like Miami irrelevant. They stop momentum of teams like Dallas, Miami. And then after they beat them up, the media's new narrative is this. Well, they're not that good. That's not what you were saying going into them games. From reports Denver pulled from the deal last minute, from what I'm understanding, both San Francisco and the Philadelphia Eagles, from what I'm understanding, didn't offer enough. That's what I was understanding. That was my understanding, is that San Francisco wanted him. But San Francisco had given up too much equity to get McCaffrey in the building last year to Carolina. And they really don't have... Dude, think about where San Francisco is right now in draft capital. Think where they are right now. They gave three ones away, theoretically, and the McCaffrey deal. I don't know. How many picks do they actually have coming up over the next three years? They can't have many. You traded everything. You traded your future away for Lance and for McCaffrey. One panned out, and you got lucky and Purdy. Parsons is crying for more refs. Nobody but the Cowboys would want more refs. I mean, 500. I think Michael, Michael Parsons, is he better than T.J. Watt? Absolutely not. Is he better than Miles Garrett? Absolutely not. You think Michael Parsons has had more impact on a football game than what? Get this. 
How come when I think of Hassan Reddick now, I think of him putting a stamp and an exclamation point on games and then blowing up a quarterback in the NFC title. He was a, how many, hey, Tone, how many sacks did he have in the playoffs alone? Three? He's, he was more LT. And where was Micah Parsons in that 49er game? In that wild card game last year? You'll have to help me out on that one. Help me out on that. I don't remember him in that ball game. The Eagle games last year, he was he had a half a sack and eight games rolling in. You know what? Hey, guys, get, get this. You ready for this? I put that out there on Twitter that Michael Parsons had a half a sack in eight games against the Eagles. Cowboy fans told me I was lying. I'm like, that's his best game he just had. That was his best ball game. And you know what they did? They moved him around the old line. And they created mismatches. Because you know why? This is what separated LT. LT's going against Jim Lachey, Jimbo Colvert. He's going against those top OTs like Harris Barton and all those guys back in the day, Anthony Munoz. He's lining up over the best player on the O-line and killing him. Okay? They had to find mismatches and get him open. You didn't have to do that to Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor lined up where he felt and where he wanted and what he thought was the point of the game. He would go in the guard center gap. He could go in the weak side, the strong side. LT had total autonomy with Belichick on where he was going to rush. They didn't put him places. LT put himself in places. You know what made Lawrence Taylor so great? And I know people always look at Lawrence Taylor and see the drug issues that he had in his life. You know, one of the things Belichick says about him, he knew every single technique and every single responsibility of every single player in the huddle that he lined up next to in the New York Giants. And one day he fell asleep. Listen to this. Um, uh, Parcells told me this story. One day Lawrence Taylor fell asleep in the meeting and Belichick got aggravated. And he said, do you know what we're talking about? Lawrence Taylor walked up to the chalkboard wrote every single person's responsibility on this one particular play, showed the technique, showed the route, showed the route that the tight end was going to come across the middle, what the Niners would like to do with Roger Craig in the slot because they'd like to get him open. They would move Frank off the line of scrimmage, tight splits, small splits, depending on what Montana did and set with Randy Cross on the blocking schemes. And he's drawing all this up through the chalk down threw the thing down and looked over at him and went like this. Don't ever tell me again. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Went back and went to sleep again. You got to know how to coach that. That's why Bill struggled in Cleveland. Because you know what? You know what Parcell said? Go back to sleep. You need a pillow? Let's bring my friend Tone in. Friday. Big sales. How are we feeling, sir? We're happy. Here on a Friday, or are you getting are you starting to get anxious? No, I'm not quite there yet. 
I'm not quite there yet. I was telling Rob earlier, I actually feel pretty good this week. I feel pretty good about going into this game. Um, I'm confident. Uh, now, come Monday, that's when the bullets start flying. Well, any of the games this weekend, like if Dallas, San Francisco, and Detroit, they all win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that put it more of an emphasis that you got to keep keep pace? Absolutely. Keep ahead of the chains here a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely. You know, the thing is, whether we like it or not, I wanted to admit it or not, the Philadelphia Eagles got a lot of work ahead of them because they had to, they had to find a way to keep those teams at bay. Um, as much as we don't want to take the, the Lions serious, um, take their rec- to take their schedule serious. Their schedule is one of the easiest out of all those teams who are supposedly uh, contenders for the number one seed. Um, the Lions, you know, all things considered, um, they have a better chance of, of winning out. But when I still look at their schedule, I don't think it's something that they should even overlook because I feel like they're a team that, yeah, they can they, they can go off for a 40-point game or a 35-point game, but at the same time, you know, they can only drop, they can only drop, you know, six points or 10 points. I mean, we saw it against the Ravens, right? Um, so, the Lions, they got Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. I think that I think that final four game stretch for them is going to be a real tough, a real tough go for them because I think the Broncos are coming along. I think the Vikings are going to push them to the brink. And I think they lose to the Cowboys. So uh, or maybe the Cowboys lose to them. It all depends. But the fact of the matter is that final four game stretch is going to tell us a lot about them, especially when they face off against the Cowboys. So uh I'm paying attention against the Lions because they had to, because they're the closest to us. Um, of course, you got to pay attention to the 49ers and the Cowboys. But overall, man, uh, I need at least two of those teams to lose. Let's go back on some of the things I said in the first hour here. Tone, give me your top three quarterbacks in the NFC, not name Hurts. Take him out of the list. Wow, that's a that's a real good question. So not name Jalen Hurts, my top three quarterbacks in the NFC. Uh, pure talent or, or am I including their situation? Guys, you think are the best. Okay. So um I have to go Jared Goff. Hold on. I'm, I'm gonna write this down. Okay. So not see, in- let me see if you can get to five without hurts. Okay. Not golf? including hurt. Not including hurts. So I got golf. And then I have Dak Prescott. And then I have a healthy, a very healthy Matthew Stafford. And then I'm going to go a healthy Kirk Cousins. Oh, no. They got to be playing. They got, they got to be playing? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So I, I said Jared Goff. I said Dak Prescott. Uh, then I'm going to go – I'll go Brock Purdy. Uh, Can you even name a five? Derek Carr. Sure. Then Geno Smith. Um, but Matthew Stafford's going to be healthy. He's playing this week, so I'll put him ahead of Purdy. So, golf, Dak, Stafford, Purdy, then Derek Carr, Gino. I mean, and then Sam Howell. Okay, now let me do the AFC. <laughs> oh man, hang on, hang on, <laughs> Mahomes. Got it. Um, can't do Burrow now. Right, he's right. out. So okay. Mahomes, Jackson. So I'll go Jackson. Um, 
Trevor Lawrence. Okay. I think Buffalo's back in it now because Cleveland. They, they are. They are. Cleveland and um, Cleveland and Cincinnati, they lose their starters. Yeah, Alan, that sucks. But yeah, you're right. Totally sucks. And you're... would you put Tua there? Or would um, you put somebody else? Would you put Herbert there? Because they're back think, in it now. Listen, man, this may not be popular opinion. I think C.J. Stroud is better than Tua. C.J. Stroud. Okay, let's go. Okay. C.J. Hey. Stroud, Herbert, you know. Okay, so look at this. Mahomes, Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Allen, Stroud. And outliers, Justin Herbert. Herbert, Tua. Still, though, Tua. you can still got to include him, right? Because he's still there. But to your point, though, it's a, it's a way deeper roster of quarterbacks uh, in the AFC than the NFC. It, go, it goes without question. All the top-tier first-round prospects hang out in the AFC, whereas, though, a bunch of uh, overachievers hang out in the NFC. It's so funny. You can't so, name ten quarterbacks in the NFC. It, it's so easy to it's so easy to forget that Jared Goff was a number one overall pick. It's so easy to forget. That's why he's a, not name hurts. That's why he's two. Yeah, that's a good point. And then Derek Carr, he was drafted what in the second round. Yep, second Jeff, round. Derek Carr was second round. Yeah. Um, Geno Smith was a first rounder, but he was Stafford a was a first rounder. Stafford was a first rounder. Okay, Gino yeah. was a second rounder. Oh, Gino was a second rounder. Yep. Oh no way! I could have swore he was the first. Yep. Go figure. Um, Cat of West Virginia was second rounder. Uh, let's see here. Um, Jordan Love was a first rounder. <laughs> Jordan, oh, let's put him up there. <laughs> okay. Now, oh now, my now, god. Now, 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 do you under, do you get where I'm coming from here? No, now? I know Let's exactly say, where you're going. Okay. Well, no, by the way, I want to do this one more time here. Mm -hmm. The Eagles are an outlier. Of course, yeah, they, they are. They, Okay, that there, that I don't look at that mm -hmm. and look at them like this, but Jalen Hurts has no competition. Yeah, honestly, and I and I, I'm not even mad at it. You know what I mean? No, um, that's I, I don't not take, an eagle thing. No, yeah, yeah, I don't take it as a it's slight a at all. Thing. Me, me personally, I don't take it as a slight because again, Tom Brady was able to chew on the uh, AFC East his entire career. No one asked any questions. Um, Aaron Rodgers was able to feast on the NFC North. No one asked any questions. Um, I'm trying to think of another quarterback who has to deal with Brady. Um, I said Brady. Okay. Um, Montana, in the what, West. What was Peyton played even? What was Peyton Manning's division like when he was? But when Peyton Manning at his peak, you think he had trouble the with Colts? The Colts. I mean, um, he, who, who, um, you think Peyton Manning had trouble with the uh, the Jags? No, no, because that um, was Blake Bortles, right? And, and them um, kind of dudes. No, prior prior to that, he uh, what did David Gerrard? You know what I mean? And uh, Matt Brunel, maybe. Um, who else did they have over there? Who, who else? Yeah, who Byron Leftwich. I mean, like, uh, what was that? And they had the Texans in that thing too, right? But they, but Matt Shaw, but like, no, yeah, like no, that kind of shit. Like, so, so Peyton Manny benefited from a weak division as well. Um, it's it, it's it's not, not Lamar Jackson. You know, now Lamar Jackson. On the other hand, I mean, now that they're both hurt, he, he the, the the Ravens just won the, the uh, AFC North. It's no question. You know but. that guy's won seventy four percent of his ball games. That's remarkable. That's remarkable. See, Lamar Jackson is a really good quarterback. You know, my only like I know he's doing what he's doing, but I, I'm really curious to see how they look in the playoff setting because I mean we know in the playoffs he doesn't really have the best. Um, well, you're going record. against those guys. You're playing. Hey, you know, you know, Tone. No, he, he has a smooth route Jackson's now. In the NFC, 
he's playing Jalen Hurts on a yearly basis in the NFC title game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think the AFC championship game is going to be Mahomes Jackson at this point. Um, but again, um, I'm curious to I'm curious to see what would happen if Lamar let's just say the uh the the, the uh let's let's just say Chiefs get number one seed, Ravens are number two seed. The Ravens will have to play the uh the Ravens will have to play the Texans. I'm curious to see what that quarterback I'm curious to see what that quarterback duel is like. I'm that that's a good game, if if you ask me. That's a great quarterback game. Do you think the Steelers and Texans now become I mean, do you think the Steelers and the Bills, the Steelers' chances now of making the playoffs, in my opinion, increased exponentially. Absolutely. I think the Bills, shit, I'll tell you something else, man. Aren't the, the Colts Chargers five got a chance five now. right now? Col Colts are right there. Colts are five and five, Texans five and four, Raiders five and five, ben um, Bills five and Does five, Chargers four and five. This helps the Bills. This helps the Chargers. Um, you know, Rodgers wants helps to the, play week after Thanksgiving. Listen, this helps the Broncos. Oh, Can the Broncos yes. get hot? Can the Broncos get hot? Broncos how often have? do you see a conference where everyone – how often do you see a conference where every team all the way down to the 14th seed can get in? Minnesota at Denver this week. I got Denver in that game. Me too. I got Denver five in that game. Five. Yeah. Denver's remaining schedule is interesting. They have Vikings, Browns, which is going to be a, a, a it should be a should be a win for them. Then they got Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. So can the can the Broncos sweep the Chargers? Yes. Do you think do you think that's possible? Yes. At this point, right? With that coach? I think the Chargers are I think the Chargers are actually unraveling. Yeah, because that coach has lost the locker room. Be because of the opinion. coach. Because I I agree with you 100. I think they're hey, unraveling. Let me, let me let me ask you something about Denver. Do you think that they've made that front before we get back to the Eagles here? Mm -hmm. Do you think they've made that front office and everyone pause instead of saying that we got to get off the Russell Wilson deal and that we can't build something around this guy? Do you think they've slowed that talk up and they they are now doing this, especially if they beat Minnesota and they're five and five? Do you think that that stopped that conversation? Yes. Um, if I'm if I'm Denver, think about this, Sills. If I'm Denver, I'm looking at this, right? Cortland Sutton is a good wide receiver, right? I and like they were going to move him. But they were going to move him. He has seven TDs on the season, Cortland Sutton, by the way. That's um, excellent. That's great, but I, I, I like Cortland Sutton. Um, maybe they get another receiver in there, but hear, hear me out on this one. This may sound crazy, but hear me out. He'll imagine Russell Wilson with Saquon Barkley. Man, and they like to run the ball. They 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 need to run the ball for Russell. Well, they Russell. want somebody like Alvin Kamara there, like Russell he had in New Orleans. That he that's the one missing piece. He needs a running game. Russell needs a running Denver, game. That Denver doesn't have that he had that made Breeze great with play action. Mm -hmm. They don't have like a Kamara back. Right, and like if you that. pair if you pair Saquon with that guy they have and uh, Javante Williams, I like him, but I feel like they need someone who with a little bit more explosion with in that Saquon. You can you you rotate Saquon and Javante Williams with Russell Wilson. You got Cortland Sutton, and maybe you find another receiver. And Jerry Judy is your number three, if that maybe. Hey man, they cooking with something over there. Question for you here: What team has played a better schedule of teams that has prepared them for Monday's game 
Eagles or Chiefs? Chief, now again, Chiefs 40 and 35 is the overall record of teams. They've played four playoff teams. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have played three teams over 500, 35 and 40. You've played Cousins, Tua, and Dak. Whereas the Chiefs have had the game plan again. I don't know what it is with golf, dude, but he he beats Mahomes. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Tug of Viola that they've played. Um, you see where mm. I'm going here? I'm going here where yeah, I see where you're going. Um, the Eagles have had to fight themselves. Yeah, I think internally, whereas the Chiefs have had to play teams. I mean, look, like you said, so they lose to Denver. That loss don't look that bad now, dude. And the number two seed in the NFC are the Lions. We're not talking about shitty losses here. We're talking about person. They didn't have Chris Jones and they didn't have Trevor Lawrence in that Detroit game. Right. And now all of a sudden that Denver game doesn't look that awful. They beat Denver earlier too. Mm-hmm. They've already played Denver twice. That's true. You know, based off of it's so it's so funny, right? Based off ESPN's metrics, um, so far the Chiefs have had the slightly more difficult strength of schedule through the first 10 weeks. That's of the season. to this point, yes. Right, to right, right, to, to this point. That's obviously going to flip once completely. the Eagles move. next five next month and a half, that'll completely go to Eagle side. Exactly. Now, where where it gets interesting is you brought up a lot of good points, right? Although the Chiefs have played um just you know the better quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and they've also faced golf. Um, they played uh, they played Kirk Cousins when he was healthy. More winning teams um, too. Uh, they played Russell Wilson, Tua, all that kind of stuff, right? You know, on the Eagles side, um, they played Kirk Cousins. Uh, they played they, they played Matthew Stafford, uh, Tua, Dak. Um, I think the Eagles have had a a, a, a a steeper uphill climb because I think not only have they had to go up against um, top tier defensive minds, defensive coordinators. I also think they've had to battle a lot of things internally, such as injuries on the defense side of the ball, um, a, a, a large turnover in your coaching staff. Uh, you have a new OC, a new DC, uh, a new linebacker coach, a new DB coach. What did right? you just say, Tom? Um, Do you, the defense is not as good as a year ago. Say that one more time. Just say it. The defense isn't as good as a year ago. Oh no! No no! That's a fact. But, I mean, but, I'm, I'm, but that's something to have to overcome. Yes, 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 absolutely. Stuff I'm talking about. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Whereas yes, Kansas absolutely. City is getting better since the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The the Eagles, they're not rebuilding; they're retooling on the fly. Yeah, you can make an argument that on but offense. I think that's harder to do. You can make an argument on offense. The Chiefs are dealing with the same issues as last year. They didn't have any dominant wide receivers last year. You know what I mean? You can make you can make argument things. You can make an argument. The only change from the Chiefs is their defense has gotten better. Yeah. Whereas though the Eagles, their defense has gotten worse, but their run but, but their run defense has gotten better. So there's you know you can you can split hairs all across the board. But if I if I had to say who had the, um, the steeper uphill climb, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. So you think they're more prepared to play on Monday because they've dealt with more adversity than what the Chiefs have had to deal with with all the players and coaches and everything that all things being together, you think they've had a tougher road than what Kansas City has had Yes, on a week to basis? Yes. Because it's more internal. Yes, and, that, and, and, and I think that's harder to fight rather than external. All right, let me show you this. And tell me if you agree or disagree. I think Patrick Mahomes has improved more this year 
then what hurts is improved. Interesting. And here's why. Okay. I'm listening. There's nobody there. They're seven and two. They beat you with nobody. Kelsey's mm-hmm. not a nobody, but look at his numbers. Right. And yet they're the top seed in the AFC. They have the least amount of talent. Do you know that they don't spend more than $2 million on their backfield? And they have no money spent at wide receiver. Do you know Kelsey is the fifth highest paid tight end in the league? The guy in New York makes more. Shit Goddard makes just as much. Mm-hmm. What are they beating teams with? Don't you think that you have to be better at getting lesser talent around you to play at a level where you're seven and two than versus having people that are there? And by the way, I'm not saying I'm saying that he is improving more on being able to have lesser talented players win I ball think, games. I, I understand your angle, but I, I would because argue you know, there's not a chance in hell you could say that the Kansas City Chiefs are in the same conversation as an offensive unit with the Eagles. No, I understand, I understand your angle. Um, I'm willing to argue that that improvement has happened already. Um, from 2021 to 2022, I think we saw that improvement happen last year. So, if anything, I would argue that he's simply just maintaining. Um, where's he's Jalen? and five with a Super Bowl Where, ring in the last two years. No, I understand your angle, but you know, again, I'm, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at it from this perspective. You know, he his his wide receiver core took a major hit. You know, over the course of last year, right? Um, did it? Bo- both of these teams, both of these receiver, I cores, don't think it did. No, what I'm saying, you got to hear me out on this. What I'm saying is in 2022 and 2023, both his receiver cores was terrible, right? I think we all can agree on that. Both his receiver cores were terrible from last year and this year. And they went 14 and three. So so my point is the improvement happened, That the improvement that you're talking about happened already. At this point in 2023, he's maintaining. Whereas though for Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, although the weaponry hasn't necessarily changed, I'm willing to argue he's improved as a quarterback because his accuracy has jumped up big time. He's he's having he's throwing the ball more. Um, yes, he has more interceptions, but based off the idea that he's throwing the ball more than he ever has in his career, whereas on uh, whereas on Mahomes is simply just maintaining. I'm willing to argue Hertz had the bigger jump because he has to throw the ball more and he has more opportunities. Whereas on Mahomes, he is who he's always been from 2022 to 2023. I think I think Hertz had the bigger jump. Because of the because he's throwing the ball more. I don't think they have a one or two wideout on that team. I think you have a bunch of threes. I'm not talking about. Team. I'm not comparing their weapons. And they're I'm, 21. I'm talking about. I'm talking about one, one less game than what Phillies won, mm-hmm. and they have a Super Bowl ring on top of that. Right. And last year, he didn't go down. He had 5,400 passing yards. No, I, I'm, over I'm not saying he went down. That's not and what I'm this saying. This year they're seven and two. Like I said, they're one less. I'm not saying he went down. What I'm saying is they downsized and downgraded from Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster was always terrible to me. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I'm I'm being honest, you know, I'm not even trying to, you know, shift the argument here. I I think I've never thought highly of Juju Smith-Schuster at all. Um, So again, when he, in 2021, he had Tyreek Hill, obviously he lost him. So in 2022, he had to go in, and, and go through that adjustment period of growing and, and using these lesser guys, Actually, right? Lost the Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill too. Right, right. So 
like I said, I'm willing to argue that the growth that you're talking about, the improvement, happened in 2022. What we're seeing so he's in 20... not a better quarterback today. No, I'm not saying he's not. What I'm saying is he's maintaining. I think I think at this point in in, in uh, Patrick Mahomes' career, he is for the most part who he is, and uh, and again, I think that I think that improvement happened already. I think yeah. now he's just learning to win with different, you know, with new. It's newer faces. Um, but they had McCole Hartman back, but overall they are they are newer faces. I think what we're seeing here, we're we're seeing an adjustment period with the new faces, not necessarily new talent. Um, his receiving core wasn't good. His receiving core isn't good this year. So um, we're just seeing a continuation of what he did last year. Um, Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, again, because he's throwing the ball more and he's putting the ball more in turnover-worthy situations, um, a guy like him who completed 66% of his passes last year, that's jumped to 69% this year, obviously the cast hasn't changed. But I'm willing to argue he's improved more. The distance between Mahomes', Mahomes improval from 2022 to 2023, I will argue Hurts had a bigger improvement from 22 to 2023. And this is, again, their career separately. I think Hertz grew more because they're asking him to throw the ball more. Mahomes has always been asked to throw the ball the same amount he has. So I you think, think, I think Hertz has improved more. Mahomes' growth helps him? Or do you think that that's not a factor? Or do you think that the fact that Mahomes has lesser talent than he did two years ago around him? Say it again? He's still winning the same. Like you said, you know what he's maintaining? He's maintaining the one loss record and championship appearances with lesser talent. Exactly. And is, doesn't is, that mean he's getting better as a quarterback, seeing more things? So here, let me let me give you an maybe, example. Maybe more comfortable, but I but this? but I think I think Brady? he showed us he can do it already. So do you think he's Brady won. got better as he got older, or do you think he just maintained? I mean, when you get to a certain point in your career, he's on the top of the mountain and he's riding that mountain. When you get to a certain point. I mean, there's, there's no one above him. So, so you don't again, think you get better as you get when you're Jordan or Brady or any of these other guys you maintain? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm making it pretty clear what I'm saying, but I know what you're trying to do. It's all really? good. Okay, well, because so, I think what he's doing with nobodies and winning games and championships and Super Bowls with lesser players. I'm, I'm not I'm not diminishing that, though. Oh, but, but what I'm saying is, is that he don't have A.J. Brown. He don't have Devontae Smith. He I'm doesn't arguing even that. have that Olamide kid, nor does he. I think the Swift kid and the and the Pacheco kid are kind of the same. He doesn't have the old line like that. I'm not he arguing. He has that, though. a very good old line, not a bad one. I'd say it's top five. Mm -hmm. The kid Orlando Brown has done a nice job this year for them. Mm -hmm. I I just don't like when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. If Patrick Mahomes is not on that team, that can't that Kansas City football team's in the top five picks in the draft. No, if the Eagles in the NFC lose Hurts because the NFC is in the shape that it's in, they're probably a 500 team. So, so what exactly are you asking me? Are you asking me? No, I'm asking are, you. You're saying that Hurts is growing more than what Mahomes did the last two years. Think I'm about saying this. that that guy is maintaining with lesser talent around him. That's literally what I just said. More numbers. That's literally and, what I just said. No, no. Oh. He's. <laughs> what are you saying? No, no. You said that Hurts is growing I, 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 more. I said, I said, I said, Mahomes, because he's already dealt with these circumstances last year, he, the growth has already happened. At this point, he's maintaining. That's what I said. Okay. Now, when I said, now when it comes to Hurts, on the other hand, because they're asking him to throw the ball more, because remember, he only threw the ball like 430 times last year. So they were essentially, they essentially had guardrails up. Now that he's asked to throw the ball more, 
now you're really now you're really seeing how good of a quarterback is he and because of that fact i think jalen hurts growth has been has i think jalen hurts as a quarterback has grown more than what patrick mahomes has had to grow because he's already dealt with these circumstances last year this is the first time jalen hurts has been asked to throw the ball this much in his career whereas the mahomes this would be the second year he's dealt with these current circumstances so i think He's already reached that point that you're talking about. He's maintaining it. Now, I'm not denying he's not growing. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Hertz has grown more because of his circumstances, whereas though Mahomes has dealt with these circumstances already. It'd be different if Jalen Hurts was being asked to throw, if Jalen Hurts threw the ball 600 times last year, that'd be something totally different. But he did it. He threw the ball like 400 times last year. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. He's asked to throw the ball more. People who have questioned his ability to really operate a passing offense, he's showing that he can do that. Mahomes, no one questioned the talent, but people were curious. How would he look without Tyreek Hill? He showed you he can win the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. He did that in 2022. Now in 2023, he's simply maintaining what he's already proven. Okay, how about this? Who's had more of a consistent season, Mahomes or Hurts this year? Who's had more of a consistent season mm -hmm. uh, this year? That's a good question. Um, They both have eight interceptions. Um, that's a really good question. They're both completing their passes at a high clip. I think they both have been, they both have very similar uh, passer ratings. Um, Mahomes has a 96.7 passer rating. Um, Jalen Hurts has a 97 passer rating. Um, Mahomes has eight, uh, Mahomes has 17 passing touchdowns. Hurts has 15. If you want to include the rushing, that's 22 total touchdowns to Mahomes is, uh, 17. Um, uh, Hertz has 2,300 passing yards. Mahomes has, uh, 2,400 passing yards. Um, I mean, they're, they've both been very consistent, you know, in their respective situations. So, I mean, I can't really, I can't really determine who's been more consistent. Okay. I love this. That, that this is, this, look, I love this kind of conference. This is one of my favorites. I love, and they're both, and they're both at the leading, their, and they're both leading their conferences. They both have been consistent from last year to this year. They both have literally kept the status quo. Okay, well, let me throw this one at you now. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the Eagles, and when you say that he's grown more, so he's grown more with more inconsistency at the coordinator position than what Andy Reid. Because don't you think when you're bringing in new coordinators and new ideas and new offensive play calling and new things like that, that it kind of takes a little chance and understanding that you have to get into same sequence with that coordinator. And don't you think that that slowed him a bit up? This guy's had Andy Reid for like seven years. Right. You know, Peyton Manning had Tom Moore for 11 years in New England or in uh, Indianapolis. Right, he right, had right. one play caller. And that was communication, consistency, and continuity. And that's why I'm saying here, when you bring in new voices in someone's ear, mm -hmm. so you think he's overcome that also in the fact that he's grown more, even though this is now his what? His third coordinator in two years? Or his second coordinator in two and um Going on three, three years. years now? Yeah, yes. That's the second coordinator in three years. Versus Andy Reid being in Mahomes' ear the entire time. Consistency can breed comfort. Inconsistency. I like that Kansas City comfort. No, no. Of course. I mean, that's that's the gold standard. Um, but when you put a guy in a situation where he's constantly forced to have to readjust um who he's who he's talking to, 
that can definitely influence your growth. I think Jalen Hurts, because of having the two different coordinators over the past three years, I think he has some, I think he has some growing pains earlier on. But I think we're seeing it, especially at this point in the season. And I think he's overcome it. I think he's overcome it. And not many people can do that. No, no. Right there, Tone. Can I tell you, look, right there what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. When Frank left the building, so did Wentz, really. And John DeFilippo. I want to give him credit as well. The quarterback coach. When those two guys left the building, Wentz should have left with him. Because he, the only thing that was left behind was a shell of the guy. He couldn't, like you just said, he couldn't overcome it. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, you know, you know you're absolutely right. And here's the, here's the funny thing about it, right? Uh, Carson Wentz going to North Dakota State and all that kind of stuff. And that white um, guy being, you're drinking, you know, you know uh, being the uh, big man <laughs> on campus and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Everything has always been pretty much given to him. He's always been the bigger guy, the stronger guy, right? So you finally get to the you finally get to the big leagues, you get to the NFL, and you're put in a situation where everything isn't perfect and everything isn't comfortable, right? You know, he's never had to really deal with too, so much change. The first time he's dealt with change throughout his entire life, he he shriveled. Whereas with Jalen Hurts, you know, Alabama getting benched, you know what I'm saying? Uh, having new coordinators, uh, you know, transitioning from Alabama to uh, Oklahoma, all that kind of stuff. And then coming to the league, you're drafted the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles. You're behind Carson Wentz, a guy who, who got, a guy who didn't take the time out to really try to, you know, um, you know, show you the ropes. Um and then uh you then you're a part of a 411 and one season, and then you're the team, the team uh battled injuries, and you're coming back and you have to prove that you're the guy, and uh the your head coach gets fired and they hire Nick Sirianni, and then you have your coordinator for two years, you finally reach that pinnacle, and all of a sudden he gets a new job and all Jalen Hurts has had to battle so many ebbs and flows of, of his career in the NFL and in college. Yet all he's done is this slow, but but it's been slow, it's been steady. All he's done is this. All he's done is this. So no, he has. I, go, no, no. It, yeah. it's, there's no, there's no swings like Allen. Michael just brought a great point up, and I love the point. Why don't they, instead of having these movable chairs at coordinator, like they have with Jeff Stoutland, and like they had with Tom Moore, or even Josh McDaniel in New England for Brady for all them years. Why don't they have one guy in – to me, Tone, you want to have this guy continuing to grow and the offense continuing to grow and for him to have a guy in the building. Get this, Lamar Jackson had a really good coordinator. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, the guy won the unanimous MVP, but they added a new guy in the mix. He looks he better, like, though. No, he no. a little better. It, it, it has. Right. However – But to your point, though, it wasn't the It worst. wasn't every year or two yeah. and three. Right. Shouldn't the Eagles be more cognizant if they want this guy to grow instead of having coaches coming in and out of his ear like that and not being able to help him grow? Because, again, I think he takes step. I think one of the reasons Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is because Andy Reid is in his face and in his ear every single day. I agree. You know, it's so funny you bring that up, right? That's why That's why I'm, I've, I've kind of been against – you know, hiring these young coaches because what you're doing is, although you're although you consider yourself staying ahead of the curve in terms of understanding coaching talent, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a bind because all these young guys eventually want to be head coaches, and by you 
constantly focusing your attention on young hires rather than guys who are experienced, you know, they've made their money or they're settled. You know what I mean? They're comfortable being coordinators. When you when you hire these young guys, you put yourself at risk at losing them to other teams. That's the risk. That's that, that's the cross you bear when you hire young coaches. They all want to elevate. They all want bigger roles, bigger jobs. You know, you know, it, it, it's, it's in real life. Young people, they always want the new, the, the next hottest thing. We always want to improve. We want to elevate. We want to move to a new state, move to a new city, take on new opportunities. When you're older and you're more solidified in what you do and what you want, you don't move as much. You tend to stay, you, you tend to stay where you're comfortable, right? You know, uh, Jeff Stoutland, perfect example. He's older, so he likes Philadelphia, right? Now, he was thinking about going back to Alabama until how we threw some money in his face, but he's, he's comfortable, right? Jeff Stoutland could have easily been an OC. Could have easily been maybe a head coach somewhere, but he likes. You think being, they offered that to him? He like he likes being a, he likes being an offensive lineman coach. You think so, they offered him that? Do I think they offered Stoutland oh, oh, an OC job? Maybe not offered him the OC Jeff Stoutland, but do you think they? Because I would think this: mm-hmm. if you have such a high-profiled offensive line coach like that who could get a job anywhere in the league if they got fired, he'd mm-hmm. get fired. He'd get hired. <laughs> Two seconds. Two seconds. Don't you think, just respect wise, mm-hmm. the organization went to him and said, "How do you feel about us elevating Brian Johnson to that role?" And they probably wanted to hear how he responded, and the yeah. way that what you just said it gave them the ability to listen to him say, "I think that'd be a great move." Instead of them doing this, hey. We're going to elevate Brian Johnson over you when actually to me, that would be a slap in the face. If you did not go to him and have a conversation on the most important coach in your dude, as far as I'm concerned, he's your most important coach. You've heard the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jimmy Johnson, all kinds of other coaches say he is your most important coach in that building. Right. And I think they have so much respect. Dude, they kept, they hated Chip Kelly. And like you said, they won't play Boston Scott because he's a Doug guy. This is a, this is a Chip Kelly guy, but they have so much respect for Stoutland. Mm -hmm. 
I think they they went to him and had a conversation. I don't think I don't know if they offered him. I don't I don't think so. I, I know I know what but you I mean. I think they kind of put it in the room for him to have a conversation about. Think about it like this: Stoutland has survived. You? Hear me out. Think about this: Stoutland has survived three different head coaches. Three. So his greatness. So he's so he he made it through the Chip Kelly era. They brought in Doug, and then he brought in Nick. I have no doubt in my mind because at the end of the day, he had, if he doesn't see the vision, if Stalin doesn't believe in what they're doing, he just leaves. But they're sh- clearly, I take it as they're having conversations with him saying, hey, Stout, this is this is our plan. You know what, what do you I mean? Think? What do you think? You know, and trust me, trust and believe. If Stalin, also if the money wasn't right, but money aside, if Stoutland did not believe in what Nick Sirianni was talking about, if he didn't believe in what Doug Peterson was talking about, he would have left when Chip did. So I believe he went they, back to Alabama. Exactly. And he almost did. He almost did. But I strongly believe that they they have done a good job in making sure he's financially taken care of, but also doing a good job in making sure he feels important. You know what they did also? Originally, originally Jeff Stoutland, he was only the uh the, the offensive line coach, right? But you know what he is now? Let he's not only special he, assistant to the head coach. He's not only exactly. He's not only the uh, the offensive line coach. He's the run game coordinator, and he got that role in 2018. More money, which means more money, more money, and more power, and more power, and more. It, get this: that means more involvement in the game plan. Exactly, because again, he was going to leave after he was going to leave prior to 2018. He was going to leave in between that whole Nick Sirianni, Doug Peterson transition. He was going to leave, but then they said, they said, nah. Actually, as a matter of fact, he got he got that title the year after they won the Super Bowl. So they knew he 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 was going to leave around that point. He was so close, going back to Alabama, probably getting more money. They threw more money in his face. They gave him a bigger title, gave him more say so over the run game and. You know, it says you know he he has so much clout in that organization. So to your point, I w- I, I have zero doubt that when they were thinking about elevating Brian Johnson, they said, "Hey, stop! This is this is what we're thinking about." You know, how, you know how do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah. You know, do, you, do do you think he can handle it? You know, because Stoutland, after being the interim head coach of Miami at one time, he said, "No, nah, I don't want to do this ever again." <laughs> he was like, nah, "He was like, nah, I'm good." Coach O brought him in. Yep. Coach O was the guy that found him and knew what he was like. And Coach Ogeron, that's why the universe, the University of Miami had offered him the ability to be in line to become a head coach. He then went to Alabama after that. Exactly. Exactly. Because he was the old line coach in Miami for 07 to 2010. As the offensive line coach, I think he was there when Carl Dunbar is there, who's the uh, defensive line coach who I know very well. Um, I actually run into Stoutland numerous times at Miami. Um. They had a bunch of those really great coaches down there. And I do think there's involvement. Actually, Sean Desai was in the scouting department at the time. Isn't that funny? That Stoutland and Desai were at Miami at the same time, and our stupid asses couldn't keep those two guys in the building. I'm going to tell you this, dude, and this is going to sound crazy, and you know I love Frank Wright. I hope Frank Wright loses his job in Carolina, Mm. and I hope the Eagles sign him and bring him in on player development on – on the quarterback because he, he works wonders, man, with, with, um, with quarterbacks. He does. And get this. Remember who Phillip rivers is to Jalen hurts. Who is he? That's the guy he watches game film on 
all the time. I learned that from the Manning cast. Yeah, I thought it would have been more Lamar or some dual threat yeah, guy. Yeah, or yeah, or he Michael Vick or something like that. Rivers he take. watches Phil Rivers anything because that everything tells you everything about how he sees himself. That tells right. you every little bit about how he sees himself. Although he understands he's a dual threat guy and he moves around the pocket, that tells you where he wants to go from a quarterback standpoint. Jalen Hurts, as much as he as much as he likes to get freaky back there, he truly wants to be a pocket passer. I believe that he does. You don't study you don't study Philip Rivers if that's not what you're trying to do. And Philip Rivers was a damn good quarterback. That at Bama. Say that again. Because they told him he wasn't that at Bama. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and he always he, believed in his heart he is. And you talk about it all the time, right? You know, it'd be different if you know they gave him more throwing opportunities, but the completion percentage went down, or okay, you're throwing interceptions, but the completion percentage went down. What's going on? No, as a matter of fact, although he has more interceptions this year, he has more attempts. And the completion percentage has jumped up. Tone from, interceptions from, don't bug me. Right. Same here. They, they used to. They At first they did because I was alarmed. At first they did. I'll did. admit. I'll be honest. Well, at three in one game, it's not what you want to see. But four TDs and a pick. Get this. You throw a pick six in a game. You come back and throw for 325 yards and you, you show me you throw your team out of trouble. I don't give a shit about the pick. Yeah. I, yeah. I really don't care about that. You know, it's so it's so funny you say that, right? The first game, well, now I, I don't want to say the first, but one of the games that stood out to me in terms of your point about being able to throw your team out of trouble. Remember in that in that first half of that commanders game, and I understand it's the commanders, but you know, uh, hear me out, hear me out on this. I don't think and, they're horrible. I don't think so either. Um, but in that in that second commanders matchup, right? Remember, they fumbled the ball twice in the first half of the goal line. Remember that? Yeah. And then he, and, and and they were down. Uh. 14 to 3, and then they went to halftime down 10 to 14. They overcame two turnovers in that first half. And the chart, I mean, the commanders were able to score off those turnovers. They were down. He comes in the second half and just lights them up. I call that throwing your team out of trouble because you 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 fumbled the ball on the goal line. Your running back fumbled the ball on the goal line. It led directly to commanders' points. You're down to halftime, and you're in you're in the middle of this shootout with Sam Howell. I call that throwing your team out of trouble. It is. So he, in my opinion, you and know, Sam he's, Howell's not horrible. And I don't think so either. You know, he's. I, I think Sam Actually, Howell, man. You could put him on that list of quarterbacks that the Eagles have played this year. When you're talking about a guy leading the NFL in passing yards, you could actually put his ass over there too. Yeah. Another and I guy have a problem with that. Another guy that's an overachiever. And again, the NFC is just filled, filled with these guys who are just overachieving and we're work, working hard as hell to get where they got to go, man. You know, and it's I, a notch against them every time you talk yeah. about it, every one of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always, I always want to give guys credit for the distance traveled, man. Yeah. Um, when, when, when you're a guy who nobody really thought highly of, maybe you're a second or third round pick, and you out there and you're defeating the odds, man. I gotta, I gotta respect that. I have to. I think that's why I'm such a big Jalen Hurts fan because, you know, he wasn't somebody that was highly touted coming out. They didn't think he could throw the ball. They didn't think that he was um the guy that you uh that you could really rely on to throw the ball or throw you out of trouble. You know, I feel I feel otherwise, man. Hey, Tony, I I, I, tr I, tr I trust Jalen Hurts with everything. Tony, you're proud also because he not only overcomes that distinction, but he overcomes how they. Other distinctions. I got you. Remember what Seth. Remember what Seth said. I got you. My quarterbacks yeah. are coached differently mm -hmm. than white quarterbacks are. And they do are. you add that to your 
to your passion that get this because I, I completely think that that's part of why um, you look at Hertz and people look at Hertz differently than say a Mahomes or a Herbert or an Allen. Um, also too, I think that's part of the rooting on the journey traveled, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I, I won't deny it. Uh, you know, the reality is, you know, black quarterbacks, they gotta, they gotta prove it a little bit more. You they know, do. You know, they, they, they don't have as much grace. And the money has nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah, money doesn't have anything to do with it because you know I, I know I, I've I've seen plenty of people get paid a lot of money from their companies and they still get treated differently. You know what I mean? The money don't mean anything. <laughs> so, to me, when you're a black quarterback in the NFL, you get fired quicker. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point, man. The more invested in you, the the, uh, the more the invested thin, in you, the, the less the, I don't get the return quick. I'm firing your ass yeah, because the, the, guess the this, you know, the ice. hey, the thinner the ice, man. But yeah, Jalen hurts, man. Um, again. This is going to, regardless, you know, this is a good talk because this is going to be a huge matchup oh, on yes. Monday. Huge matchup. Now, regardless of how many may feel about Mahomes' skill set versus Jalen Hurts' skill set, these guys are maximizing their situations oh, to yeah. the best of their ability. And I got to respect that. And again, a guy like Jalen Hurts, who would have thought he'd be completing 68, 69% of his passing in the NFL? I know a lot of people didn't. Did, didn't you give, I mean, I'm, when, when, when Patrick Mahomes got drafted out of Texas A&M, I went like this. Who, who is the this guy? fuck is Patrick Mahomes? I'm like, who? I swear. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't have a winning record down there with him. Yeah. Who, wasn't yeah. it the coach that was in Arizona that was his head coach at Texas A&M? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, you're right. They, they, didn't, they, they didn't win. Record in Lubbock. And I'm like, who's this guy? They didn't win. You're right, man. His rookie year, he only played one game, man. Went 22 for 35, completed 62% of the passes, 284, one interception. He only played one game in 2017. And then he came out like gangbusters in 2018 and just went off. So, um, yeah, man, sometimes it's – listen, I'll tell, I'm tell. i a firm believer. It's not where you're drafted, man. It's where you go. Oh, yeah. It's where you go. Going to Kansas City with Andy Reid? Hey, I got I – Can you imagine him in Chicago? Can you imagine him home in Chicago? Oh, God. We would never know who this man is. No way. I don't care what anyone says. That's a place where you go and die if you're a quarterback. They're in New York with the Jets. Mm -hmm. It's another place you go and die. Okay, a couple last questions here. Let me hear – here's one for you. Do you buy in the revenge stuff and the, you know, you know, I mean – Maybe maybe for the fans. You know, you know what, what is that? Jason Kelsey's what? Did I see something that he's 0-4 versus his brother? So he's 0-4 versus his brother and Andy Reid, the guy who drafted him. Right. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't he hasn't won any of those. He hasn't Andy won a game against Andy Reid. Do you buy into any of that? They're human, right? So I try to I try to think that they can't help but to have oh, scratch. Yeah, I, 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 I that'd be a revenge game. Yeah. Just so you know, let me bury your lead. I'd want some ass on Monday. No, me too. Me too. If there was somebody that listen, let's just be honest, right? It doesn't matter what profession you're in. If there was somebody across the table from you that you, for some reason they just keep outdoing you, you know, you 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 make you make five million for the company, they make six. His brother gets you know what I mean? Tyler Swift, the and his, his brother's all dead the Swift. all the commercial. Come on, man! I don't you know. And they're brothers. They're Me and my brother are competitive. Listen, I know what that's like. Me and my brother are competitive. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Anything, anything, anything I do, my brother wants to try to one up me and vice versa. So even it's not personal, but it's it's my brother, and I want to whoop his ass. It's being competitive. It's there's nothing, it, it, no yeah. hatred to it. Yeah, you know, Brian Johnson. He said, um, he said, you know, we 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 watch the film and all that kind of stuff, and you know, it, it brings back memories. And you know, all of us, all of us have scars from that matchup. We all have scars. 
So we're, you know, so we're all looking forward to it. You know what I mean? So I like that he's not hiding the fact that it's something he wants. He wants to win the game. I listen. I, I like when my coaches say we want this one. Hey, I, I like that. When I when I when I played next to Jerome, I watched him one time against Oklahoma get twenty tackles and punt block, interception, field goal block. Fucking guy was just. It, I I I got back to my locker and I sat down, and we had won the game. Right. And I sat down. He looked over at me. He goes like this. He goes, "Why are you upset?" I go, "Fuck, man." I can't believe what you did to that team. <laughs> I, he goes like this. He goes, it made me want to go the next game and I'll play that motherfucker. Yeah. And man. you know what? It inspired that year, I had I had 97 tackles. He ended up with 75. And at the end of the year, now he's was spectacular. He made these, he was just insane. And so, but I, he he looked at me and he goes like he made me so competitive to want to play in his room. And that I would be like, I don't know, shit, man. Like, like, like Juju Smith shoot or, or, or who was the guy, the, the George Pickens? Damn, man. I, I mean, I felt like a loser. I'm sitting here. We had just gone into Norman mm-hmm. and they hadn't lost in like 45 years at home. And, and I'm, he goes, what's wrong? I go, I can't believe what you did to that team. <laughs> and he goes, are you mad? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, you had tw- you must have had 25 tackles. Save some for me. Shit. I know that's what I, I was like. I go, he goes, well, you I go, because how many did you have? I go, dude, my 10 looks stupid next to you, man. And he just goes, he started laughing, but then we were it be, it became between Stubbs, myself, Cortez, and all right. these guys. I think that's what fuel does, dude, because you're just so competitive that you want that and you want to be better than your brother the guy next to you mm-hmm. and you want to be better than what can like Andy Reed must mm-hmm. love beating the Eagles. Uh-huh. And also remember Andy Reed fired Nick. So that kind of, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something. I didn't that, know this. What's this? Well, you know, well, you know, Nick used to be on that staff prior oh, to, that's right. In you know, when, when Andy came in, he cleared house. That's right. Who was the coach before him? Um, I would have to check. Let me see. Who was the coach before Andy Reid? Let me see. Was it for Meal? No, 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 no. That was um. Uh, let me see something. Who? What was it? Shot? No. Who? Was All right, the- here we go. All right, so prior to Andy, it was Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell. Mm-hmm. Wow, where'd you get that tie? And Romeo Cornell's a Parcells guy. Romeo it, Cornell and the staff, and uh, the staff included. Where is he? Where is he? Nick Sirianni was the next. Nick Sirianni was offensive quality control coach. That's where. That's where he was. He was a gopher. Nick offensive quality control. Yeah, you know what those guys do? I'll take two coffees and cut some film up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay, John Gruden. Kevin Stefanski and many of the coaches in the league, that's where you get your cut your chops now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick was in Kansas City um, from 2009 to, to, to 2012. Um, so from nine to 12, he worked for the Hunt family. Wow. I didn't yeah, know that. He went from being the office of quality control coach to an assistant quarterbacks coach to the wide okay. receiver coach. He was a position coach then. He ended up being yeah. so he fired, a, he fired him for the enemy. Well, he was a wide receiver coach. Um, Nick was a wide receiver coach. I think Bienemy became uh 
what was the enemy at the time did he come in initially with him or did he hire him later so okay here we go 2013 the 2013 chiefs right let me yeah. make sure i got this number right it's loading for me give me a second all right so on the 2013 chiefs that staff included where are we here it is that staff included eric eric Bieniemy was the running backs coach okay doug peterson was the offensive coordinator and yeah nick sirianni was out of there blew nick sirianni out. was out of there let me double check this yeah nick sirianni was out of there blew him out <laughs> yep i didn't a Hey, Andy yeah, Reed. yeah, yeah, yeah. When Andy came in, he completely um cleaned house and brought in his own guys. Matt Nagy was the quarterback's coach, Bianami was the running back coach. Matt Nagy's yeah. back as OC. Yep, Matt Nagy's back as the OC. Exactly. exactly. Woo! So this bitch yeah, is man. really good up. Man, this this is tasty. Yeah, you know, uh Jalen Hurts is a really listen, Jalen Hurts may come out calm and all that kind of shit. That dude's competitive. Hey, he's competitive as hell, and I and I and I want my quarterbacks to be competitive. That was that was Carson Wentz's problem. He wasn't competitive enough. Jalen Hurts came in and he got soft. So, you know, I like I like my guys. I like my guys that keep keep their head down. They stay competitive, and they they bask in the glory. I like Carson that. I like this kind Wentz of guys. is the guy you see at Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, <laughs> he he's not a very he's a guy that likes getting like Happy Meals with toys in them. He's the guy. He, he he's the guy at Chuck E. Cheese that you uh you give your tickets to. And he gives you the prizes. He's yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's the weirdo yeah, back there. Yeah. Hey hey, look, I want some fries with uh with chili on them. Go get them for me, Carty. <laughs> All right, Hoss. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Hey, this thing's tasty. I didn't know that about Nick getting blown yeah, out. Yeah, Nick. Nick was on KC first, and then Andy came in and dude, put him on the chopping block. Got rid of everybody. Damn right for some. Hey hey. I, I, I'd like to ask Nick that. Nick, hey, Nick, Nick met his wife in KC. About, how about Nick, how does it feel, Andy, uh, firing your ass? <laughs> Nick Nick met his wife in KC. So, you know. By the way, his daughter's hilarious. Amazing. Hilarious. You see she's like doing all the things and shit Yo, like this. And you know how many hilarious. times I've watched that video? Probably 100,000 times where she's doing this, you know, you know, you know, and she's doing all this. And, she, and then he goes over like this, Taylor. He's like he's like hey, he's, hey, he's like all right, he settle down, like settle a down. Really good dad, man. <laughs> yeah, really, man, cool. really. That's it's gonna be a good really game, still. It's gonna be a good game. We, oh, it's a good game. We're, we're, we're gonna get to talk about it one more time. I, know, on I Monday. think it's a game of the year. Uh, don't lock it in yet. But what's your tentative uh score prediction? I mean, I'm not locking you into this, but what are you playing around with in your mind right now? 27, 24. Eagles. I'm playing. Yeah, I'm playing around with like 27, 23 Eagles. Like that's where I'm at as well. So we'll see. I I I, I think if. He takes that knee brace off. I think what you're telegraphing to the um, Chiefs. Let me just tell you why they told her what they told the public with that. It's just such great smoke signals coming out this week. The Philadelphia Eagles have had the best smoke signals since I've covered this team. Did you see Hurts in the press conference? Did you see him? Press conference Wednesday was exceptional. <laughs> His best ever. And the smoke signal, the brace is off. Listen, okay. I listen. I ain't seen Hurt smile that much in a press conference in a long time. So we can so, so we gonna see what happens. Smoke signal. <laughs> hey, KC, the brace is off. Is he gonna <laughs> run more or not? Stay tuned. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's gonna be a hell of a game. It's hell the of best a game. Smoke too. signal week they've had. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's gonna be cool, man. And that they're raising that banner. So we are gonna see how this thing play out, man. 
oh man, I'm you see that Kansas City championship flag wave. Everybody in Philadelphia is gonna go fuck that thing. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna wipe my here, here, here's people on broads. I'm gonna wipe my ass with that thing, and oh, then man. you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna eat your ribs. And then I'm going to date your chicks and go back to South Philly. How you doing? <laughs> All right? Tone, appreciate it, brother. Thank yes, you so sir. much. Yes, sir. Great talk. You got it. That's our friend Tone. We're going to talk to our Hall of Fame man, Jason Cole, here. Some NFL news going around. We'll talk about the entire league with our friend. Don't forget, happy Wingsgiving from Hooters. Our great friends are going to do something for the month of November for you. Each and every single location from the Northeast area down from Rhode Island through Jersey down to King of Prussia are going to give you an opportunity to have a daily special each and every single day. $2.99 Coors Light drafts, 25 cents goes to a local charity. Again, two, the calendars are out. 2024, nine of the girls are featured in it. There's $100 in gift coupons that are in that calendar. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Lunch specials, Monday through Friday, 11.30 to 3, boneless wings, happy hour, Monday through Friday, six items, six bucks, four to six. Don't forget, Wing Wednesdays, 1983, Kidsy for free on Saturdays, and Military Mondays, 20% off for our great military men and women. That's northeasttutors.com, northeasttutors.com, and do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate you doing that, my friend. Let me write this down because you know me, I got CTE. Not really. <laughs> my aunt's like, oh, no, not really. I, yeah, I have to quantify that stuff, okay? I, 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 let's see here. Oh, yes. And Davis. Okay. Real quick before Jason Cole comes on the show here. So, Carissa Thompson admitted that she lies about her sideline reports when she's doing the sideline hits for Fox and when she was a sideline reporter. And I guess she did it on Barstool. She went on and she thought that, you know, she could be cute, funny. You know what she was trying to be? She was trying to be entertaining. Are you under the impression that she's the only one that lies on those sideline reports? Some go like this. She's done more to hurt sideline reporting. Sideline reporting is a joke of a job. I mean, honestly, (laughs) what are they reporting? Okay, I mean, unless she lied about player injuries, which I don't think she has, that's the only thing that really, to me, a sideline reporter is like last night when we were getting information on Burroughs' injury. I don't give a shit what a coach said. I don't give a shit what a coach thinks. I really don't care. I care about the injuries because you know why? Sports bettors care about the injuries. So at the end of the day, you know what Chris Thompson's trying to be is entertaining. Isn't it funny? You know, when I first started in this business, I had a guy that I worked with. His name was George Sedano. What a piece of shit this guy is. And um, every time all the people that I know and all the people that you know and all the people that you've seen come on this program – and all the stories we used to talk about, you know what he used to do? He used to question them until those guys would come on and tell the stories and val- validate it. He used to lie all the time about Allen Iverson getting drunk on like, I think it was Valentine's night or some holiday Easter that he got drunk. And then he turned around on a Sunday and put 54 up. Iverson finally had to come out going, I never scored 54 points in Miami on a Sunday. He basically came out and goes, the guy's lying. Most of these people that are non-athletes in the media business hate athletes who are, and they hate entertainers. Like Pat McAfee's entertaining. Pat McAfee's not trying to be right. He's trying to be entertaining. So Chris, Chris Thompson doing that, I don't care. She's trying to be entertaining on the sidelines. She probably heard something that a friend told her that she had a bump in, instead of talking to the coach, maybe an assistant coach told her, 
So she put it into context that, hey, this is what I heard. Um, and this is what I, you know, this is what I know. And so what she was trying to do is just be entertaining. I take more entertaining out of that. I hear what you're saying, but I didn't like it because you put an unnecessary spotlight on that role. People already think it's a useless job. And let's say most of them do lie. Why expose your own people like that? That I don't get. Why would she expose herself? Why Why would you throw yourself under? You, it's like self-inflicted wounds. She was trying to be entertaining. She was trying to be entertaining. I personally don't care about that job. You know, I it, you could have it either way. Okay? She's not a journalist. This comes down to the journalist in our business. You see, like Dan Patrick says, journalist today is spelled with small letters. Dan Patrick says that. Journalism is spelled with small letters. Okay? I just I don't I don't get why she lit herself on fire though. I I, I mean, what's the to to try to be funny and to you know, can I tell you I think it was more trying to be self-deprecating. And it just landed wrong. That's where you got to use your words. This is what I this is what I tell you. Take it from somebody who has used poor language on the air and things have landed wrong. If you don't choose your right words and it lands wrong, you can't get it back. Like, here's a problem that she has. There's nude photos of her out there on the internet. Now she admits to lying on the sidelines and not giving truthful stories and doing whatever. She has no credibility. Now, is it because of the nude pictures and the lies? No. It's how people are going to look at her. They're going to look at her as a chick with very good talent. She's very talented. She's a very talented um, anchor. Very talented. I like listening to her updates with Fox. Okay? But nobody has respect for her now. And that one moment, she's lost all respect. And what she's done is people like um, Pam Oliver. You see, Pam Oliver should have never been replaced by Aaron Andrews. And I'm not going to talk about my history with Aaron Andrews. But what I am going to say is Pam Oliver is a phenomenal sideline reporter. She is the best in the business. She's the best. She doesn't make shit up. She talks to people and they talk to her. Everyone loves Pam Oliver, but they demoted her. Because why? You can make your own assessment why. I know why. You know why. Okay? But Pam Oliver got demoted and for no reason. So they went with the good-looking blonde. Had nothing to do with talent. Then again, that's Fox. Fox doesn't care if their anchors are truthful. She was trying to be entertaining and shot herself in the... Yeah, it doesn't mean... I get, I, I get it. She was trying to be self-deprecating. Okay? She was trying to be self-deprecating. She thought she was goofing on herself, and it landed wrong. And what she did was she castrated the entire sideline reporting job. Now, look, do I think it's a great job? I, I think it's a dumb job. However, there's people that support their families on that. There's people that have risen through the ranks. If you're a woman, there's very few opportunities for women to rise through broadcasting ranks if you're not doing sideline. That's an avenue. So 
that's something I always have to be cognizant of. You know, you could be a sports talk host. How many women are sports talk hosts in Philadelphia right now that are on the air on the radio stations? Can you tell me? Are there any? Okay. Are there, are there any women that do a talk show in Philadelphia that are the number one chair in Philly? Have you ever had one? Like, have you ever had? She's not a number one chair. Hughes is not a number one chair. She's like a two or three. Okay. Number one chair is the guy that takes you in and out of breaks. Okay. Those, those are the ones that run the show. The second guy is Hugh Douglas is in the two chair in Philly. He's in the two chair. Okay. Anybody that sits in the two, you know, those that's the two chair. Okay. It's it's just, yeah, so women have to use that avenue. And she hurt women more than, than the sideline job. Can you imagine walking in? Think about this, for instance. Can you imagine walking into a stadium this weekend after what she has said? And you're a sideline reporter on you walking around on the sidelines with fans in Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and you're walking in there knowing that Carissa Thompson is not the only one that lied. Okay? Anthony, I didn't know Kayla was a host on WIP or The Fanatic, and she sits in the one chair. I didn't know that she was. So forgive me if she is. Okay? Forgive me. I I didn't know she was a morning host or midday host on WIP or The Fanatic. Those are the big jobs in sports broadcasting in uh, Philadelphia, those radio stations. It's the reason the Eagles re-upped with WIP. Okay? Millions and millions of dollars that deal was worth. When you could bring the market manager um, to an event that's with Odyssey, okay, the woman who worked with Angelo, yeah, but Angelo's the number one chair, okay? I'm talking about a number one, runs a a show, show named after her. Have you ever had one in Philly? Have you ever had a woman with her name on the marquee? As a number one show. I bet you haven't. Because I know in New York they haven't. I'm not sure in Los Angeles they've ever had it. So that sideline job was a way for women to get in. And for Carissa Thompson to shoot herself in the foot like that. I, I mean... I don't get it. I'm with you, Tone, on that part of it. Why would you do that? You were trying to be funny. You were trying to be self-deprecating. You were trying to do all that stuff, and I get it. I totally get it. Okay? But it just, 
for whatever reason, just absolutely doesn't make sense to me here. Um, I'll say this to you. Let's move on here from that. And, and by the way, I mean, I love the fake outrage. Because now, no, she, she's not she's not a journalist. Why do you guys consider yourselves journalists? She totally effed up. She absolutely did. But you eff up when you consider yourself a journalist. And you're trying to be in entertainment and journalism don't mix. There's no journalist that's entertaining. That's what even that's from Dan Patrick's mouth. You don't get enough clicks and views being a journalist. I don't know why people think it's a big deal. I know. I don't care. Who gives a crap? Americans get killed in Gaza. She's up and she's upset more people. Dude. Okay. Hey, Maurice, that's such a kind thing. Thank you, man. That's a, that's an honor because IP is one of the best sports stations, if not the best sports station in the country. I think WIP, in my opinion, I know that I don't talk very highly of Odyssey, but WIP, in my opinion, is the best sports talk radio station in America. And it's because not of the host, of the fans. The fans are the ones that run that thing and rule that thing. You could put any jackass in that seat, and you're going to get those people ratings. No matter who it is, it could be Josh Innes. It could be Howard Eskin. It could be Angelo. It can be anybody. Now, more entertaining, more clicks and views and more Arbitron. But you could put any guy in there. And those stations are going to have great numbers. Like, the Fanatic will never beat that thing. Signal, frequency, the properties that they don't own compared to what the, the Eagles have. What, the Eagles have the Phillies? The Eagles have the Phillies and the um, Eagles, right? Shit. Game over. Game over. Boston, the hub. Shooter, you're right. The hub's another great one. That's a Beasley station. That's Beasley's best sports station by far, not the Fanatic. Fanatic gets no numbers. We kill them. Um, that, that sports hub thing. FAN? FAN has no competition. ESPN has surrendered in New York. Okay, when you put on, what's that guy's name? The guy from uh, Get Up? What's his name? Um, what's his name? Um, Mike, Mike, what's his name? Was on with Mike Golick. When you put that guy on the air, you surrendered. Michael, what's his name? Mike Greenberg. When you put Mike Greenberg on, you surrendered. He's terrible on the radio. He's as bad, as bad as Stephen A. Smith on the radio. How many jobs has he had on the radio? Ten? And they've all failed. Yeah, he's not very good. He's good on TV. But on the radio, it's he's not very good. He's had eight, he's had eight, nine jobs that never got any traction. They've tried him too. Numerous day parts. Anytime you put national radio shows or shows in local markets like Philly. It, 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 it's an automatic suicidal thing. Think about it, Yale. Can you imagine putting a national show in the middle of the afternoon in Philadelphia talking about the Detroit Lions or the Seattle Seahawks and having some guy in South Philly listening to some guy talk about some bullshit in South, um, in South Seattle? 
guy's going to go like this. I'd rather listen to some guy talking to me about Geno's than somebody talking to me about Seattle Seahawks football. I don't give a shit about that. Punishment for not reporting the injury of Burrow. LJ. Um, you know what's funny about that, LJ? You, you, know what's, you know what's funny about that? Why would you punish the teams for not giving clarity on his injury? Is it because you have such a tie-in with gambling? That you you're 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 mad because the the point spread line may have gone up and down. Is that why they're mad, or are you mad because the player was hurt? What are you more mad at? Because you didn't give the gamblers the ability to be able to put better prop bets out because Burrow may have been injured, or were you actually concerned about the player being injured? That's my that's my conflict of interest in this. Okay. That's my conflict. Are you more concerned about Burrow being injured? Or are you more concerned about the fact you didn't get the information out for the bookies on Wednesday? I mean, what why why would you punish somebody who maybe maybe he was hurt, but it wasn't to the point that had him not going through full practice. That's what Tone told me. If you're able to go through full practice, you don't have to be put on that list. That's what John McMullen, I heard, right? Dirty D says, Big Seals, the national football show is my favorite. My wife yelled at me yesterday because I spent $63 on Super Chats. It was worth it. That's so cool. Thank you so much, man. That means a ton to us, man. Dirty D, that's, you know what? Hey, Mrs. Dirty D. Can I can I say that Dirty D? Hey, Mrs. Dirty D. This is this is a um, this is a holiday thank you. Mrs. Dirty D. Thank you very much for supporting Big Sills. And thank you very much Mrs. Dirty D for allowing Dirty D to be Dirty D. From Dirty D, a dirtier Dirty D. <laughs> dirty D Dirty D. Thank you. <laughs> From one dirty D to another dirty D. Thank you, Mrs. D- dirty D. <laughs> was Burl being treated on the wrist during I, that? I, I I didn't even know he was hurt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Dirty D. That's the new one now. She gives up. Don't worry. Don't worry, Dirty D. Mrs. Big Sales, man. I get more shit than you want to know. Believe me. Between my aunt and my wife, don't worry. Big Sills is always in check. Okay? And it's good to see you got Mrs. Dirty D. Every guy should have a Mrs. Dirty D in their life. (laughs) Uh, Where the hell is Jason Cole? Holy cow. Let me text this guy. Where is he? But on to me. Let me guess. He's probably at a Frito stand. Where is this guy? Jace, we good? Let's see here. And and tell him, believe me, I already know you've blown his phone up. (laughs) I like Mrs. Dirty. You tell Mrs. Dirty D, don't worry about it. Still good here. 
All right. Seals, there's so much content here. People could clip you out of context. Oh, my God, Ryan. Look at you, Ryan. I'm on the Ryan. I'm on the air for four hours. You could cut anything up and make me seem like a conservative, a liberal, a racist, um, BLM. I don't want to say the other one, but you 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 could make any narrative on me. Yes, it's what they do. This is why we're not on radio, because this is exactly what you just said. Exactly. My 30 years on radio, they finally did it. He's a go. You know what? What I love and respect about Tone, Tone's got his own opinion about Big Sills. He don't like me every day. Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't say that. He loves me all the time. I poke him wrong sometimes. Jeez. I don't know if that sounds even, that may sound even worse. I don't know. <laughs> I may want to bring that one back too. Maybe more so than the last one. But if you Googled me, man, you wouldn't want to work with me. Shit. You wouldn't want to work with me unless you found out about me. You, you wouldn't want to work with me. If you read the shit that they've written about me, and quite frankly, they don't know me from a can of paint. Bad guy, this and that. He's this, he's that. The only thing I haven't been accused of is murder. Oh, and sexual harassment. I've never been accused of that because I don't believe in that. I believe in promoting women. I've had numerous women on my program, and I promoted them, all of them. Uh, you could that's exactly right, my friend. You can um you could cut a clip out, post it, you put it out there. Shit, Joe Krause and Xander get heat every day about me. But they know me, they know what I'm about. Those guys have onions. They're, by the way, their family too supports me. That's what's the important thing here. The Jacob, the Jacob channel that's owned by the Krauses, that's a family business. Can't have some asshole like me hurting the brand. They know me. That's why they tolerate me. I'm not the easiest guy to get along with. <laughs> Look at LJ. I Googled you and my computer caught fire. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, absolutely. Hell no, could barely listen to you some days. <laughs> Look at Dave. Dave's a perfect listener for us and a viewer for us. Dave, thank you. That's a great comment. Because that makes me feel compelling. Oh, absolutely. I want the people that hate me too to watch me. I don't want the people to like me. To be the only people that watch me out of half my audience. I want everyone. I Googled you and my computer caught fire. 
Oh my God, are you kidding me, Bruce? Are you kidding? Hey, get this. Think about something here, for instance, of what social media, Bruce, just because of uh, Carissa Thompson. Ask yourself this, Bruce. LJ, all the things that you read about me on the internet, right? So I, I said something, the, the three monkey comment in 2012. Well, four days later, the current market manager in Philadelphia who runs the Fanatic hired me and gave me a raise because they did their due diligence and knew it wasn't anything. Then I got hired in San Diego at the Mighty 1090, which is San Diego, LA. Okay. And BCA radio gave me a job and gave me a raise too. Then I left that company and went to Odyssey. They did their due diligence. They knew all the things weren't true, but social media. Then I went to Boston, but the pandemic hit. Then I was hired by iHeart again. I wasn't going to move to Phoenix for $42,000. I wanted to do it from my house. I said, that ain't happening. But there have you believed that I've lost 18 jobs over the last whatever. And I've been fired because of this, which is not true. And But social media, if you tell the lie long enough, and you tell the lie, people buy it. Big Seals, you're a stand-up guy. I never believe papers anyway. So you're all good. Thank you. Philly, you're awesome, dude. That's why I love you, man. Love all you guys. Yeah, Yale. No, no, no. Yale, sometimes, you know what? Where your feet are is where you're supposed to be. And I totally believe that. Let me tell you this, man. There was a point before that, you know, it took us a little time to get this bad puppy going. Real quick, before I take a time out here, I don't know, Jason may be stuck in something here, but um, anyway, uh, we, we have the Philly Godfather at 5.30. Do you not agree that the biggest part of this game on Monday night is going to come down to two men? Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter will dictate this game. Do you agree? The game on Monday will come down to Chris Jones, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. This format is far better than sports radio. You know, the only thing, Shooter, I wish I could have is that I could talk to you guys. and you Or you guys could talk back to me. That would be the perfect scenario for me. Okay. If if I could have, because I would let all you guys talk. Okay. I would let all you guys talk. Well, maybe not all of you. I don't know, LJ. I don't know, Maniac. You talk a lot of Pasta Fazul. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, 
Look at look at look, look at Fly thinks I he thinks he's picked a mannerism up that I rub my nose. That means I'm lying. No, that's a good pickup though, Fly. That's a good pickup. So I'm very happy that Mrs. Dirty D is a fan of the program. She's just not a fan of um of Dirty D putting money into the kitty here. So it's okay, man. Mrs. Dirty D, I want to thank you very much. All right, did it again. Are you saying I'm lying when I do that? <laughs> the Phillies big sales don't always agree, but much respect. Isn't it great towards the holidays, man? We get a chance to just, hey, this is kind of like the calm before the storm on Monday. All right, let me take a time out. We're going to look at week 11 of the National Football League. Some really great games. And get this, some of the games this weekend are going to tell us a lot about how important that game is on Monday night, right? All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Excels! I just told Jason Cole, we'll catch up with him next week. I'm going to make you some money. My boy Philly Godfather is going to join us. He'll join us at 5.30 Eastern, as he always does each and every single Friday. So the knee braces off. As I was talking to Tone last hour, um, I think this has been a really great week for the Eagles. I do. I think that they have not given a lot of information out. I think that they have handled themselves well when it comes to the media. I'm, it, hey, Tone, maybe you watched it because I, I think I heard you say that you watched the uh, the uh, press conference or the get-together there with Sirianni, who did his press conference on Wednesday. I heard, I think, Bob Lang on the side going, okay, one more question. And that was the end of it. And I think the thing may have lasted, what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes? And they got him in and out of there. Kind of vague questions, kind of vague answers. You know, how are you going to do... And how are you going to see what, what the people in the media don't understand is that the Kansas City Chiefs media people will watch those press conferences and those tapes. And some of the coaches will, too. And what you do is you don't think Belichick watches m- much of the Twitter feeds when you have somebody like Nick Sirianni talking about an upcoming game and some of the strategies that maybe you might want to you know, throw out there that maybe you accidentally say, or you kind of tip your hand a little bit on a guy's injury and you give him kind of like a heads up on what this guy's going through. This is the, this is the Jim Harbaugh stuff that we're talking about. This is all about gamesmanship and trying to find as much information as you possibly can. If I know that a backup in your offensive line is banged up and you don't have, or say this, Darius Slay's still nursing a hamstring. I'm not saying he is, but he's nursing a hamstring. And you know this. Are you going to challenge him more? Probably. Or I'm at least going to test that theory out. Was it fake information? Was it not? That's the Patriots are notorious for this. Remember what you guys said? Remember, hey, 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 hey Yale, remember what uh, the Patriots put out there? for week one of the um, season against the um, the Eagles. Remember what they said? O-line's banged up. Terrible. They're just not very good. They lost the tackle. Everyone played. <laughs> hey, and get this. They really did a good job. The, and the Patriots have a terrible O-line. But what they did was, yeah, man, we're not good enough. We just, you know, we're, we're banged up everywhere. And so what you do is you're like this. Oh, okay. You said, why did Nick even bring it up? I did. This week, he was asked questions. He wasn't offering shit up. Once again, senor, listen. He had a great week of not offering information up. He was answering questions vaguely. How are you going to handle? He didn't offer this up this time. Hey, yeah, this is what we're going to do with Dallas Goddard. 
you know, with the fact that we're not going to be able to have him on the field. We're going to try to make sure that we get Swift more involved in the screen game and middle screens. Maybe we'll drop Swift in the slot, seeing if we can help. Maybe flex off Julio Jones a little bit on that tight end position. Wasn't any of that. It was more this. Eh, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to go by committee and hopefully we're able to, you know, do this. You know, the Eagles, hey, well, here, let me just put it to you this way, just to kind of, once again, I'm not going to debate stupid shit that Nick's done all year. Offering up an injury on a football player that's never been on the IR or never been on the injury report once for his knee injury is dumb. Why in the world would the Eagles put out there, get this, I've never seen a knee injury in my life. If you guys are going to, not you, but if you're going to give the Cincinnati Bengals shit for Joe Burrow's hand injury, why would you not turn that same philosophy around with Jalen Hurts? The knee braces off. He's been struggling with the knee injury. Has he ever been on the injury report? No. W what are we doing here? What are we doing here? So Jalen Hurts has had a year-long injury. Has he? Who offered that up? Someone help me out here. The team did. The team offered that up. Nobody made that up in the media. Had his knee brace taken off. Holy shit. So this guy's had a knee brace. He's been playing injured all year. And he's not been on the... IR or the injury report one time this year. I'm trying to figure that one out. They didn't want to get shit from the NFLPA? Then why'd you say it publicly? If he's not hurt and he's not on the injury list, why would you bring it up? You don't have to. I thought injuries had to be reported. So if you're not reporting Jalen Hurts, you don't have to report Joe Burrow. Why would they get in trouble for that? You never reported Jalen Hurts. You, you never reported him. How is Burrow being investigated but not Hurts? I don't. Hey, senor, great question. And there was a knee brace involved. But the Bengals are being investigated. <laughs> the, the like the crazy the, that's been really like a really interesting. There's been columns written on it. Didn't sell hey hey um Tone didn't Selkie ask a question to Jalen Hurts and he got up and left the room. Did didn't he? Didn't, didn't he didn't he ask a question? Jalen got pissed off and got up and walked out of the interview room. Right? Didn't Selkie do that? So it had to be something. It was either Selkie or Berman. Yeah, someone asked him the question. Jalen got up and walked out. I'll just but why does Joe Burrow have to report? 
He didn't want to answer it. It's all about gambling. Absolutely, it's all about the gamblers. 100% it's about the gamblers. By the way, we talked to Jason again. Hopefully, you guys understand. Well, we'll get him next week. It's all good. I honestly believe Jalen Hurts was not hurt, but doing it like the Chiefs did last year in the weeks. No, come on, senor. You saw you saw uh, Mahomes get injured. I honestly believe Hurts was not hurt. Yeah. Because hurt because uh Joe's been walking around with a wrist brace on. Hey, 2013. Jalen Hurts has been playing with a knee brace. How are you playing with the knee brace and you're not on the injury report? Oh, you're not on the injury list. You're just playing with the knee brace just to, for shits and giggles? It's a fashion. I know what it is. It's a fashion statement. It's a brand new. Hey, Nicole Lynn thinks it's a brand new fashion statement for him. Yeah, look like Namath. Look at him playing with a knee brace. Paying through the, playing through the pain. Oh, man, this just adds the tones, tones narrative about, you know, this guy, at the end of the day, Tones got this guy as the greatest quarterback in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, as many of you do. Boy, I'll tell you. Yes, sir. He's trending that way, man. Everyone in Philly's rooting for this kid to be the greatest quarterback in the history of the Eagles. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They do not want another Donovan McNabb repeat. They do not. They're all in love with McNabb. And at the end of the day, when you look back on McNabb's career, you went, here, here, here's how you look at McNabb's career. Shit. Not, not, not his career was shit. You went, shit, man. We missed it. The brace was just in case. <laughs> Right? Don't, no, no, no. I'm not saying Donovan had a shit career in Philly. He didn't. I'm saying this to you, right? Shit, man. Five missed opportunities. That's what you look at. That's McNabb's career will be exactly what I just said. And you don't want that to happen to him. And Wentz's career will never be validated because you had to bring in Mariano Rivera to win the Super Bowl. Think about that. You're a starting pitcher in game seven. Do you remember the guy that went six innings? Or do you remember the closer that came in to close the deal and got the final six outs? You remember the guy that got the final six outs. And that Yankee dynasty, the most important pitcher in New York Yankee history is Mariano Rivera. Why? Because the Yankees have never been able to replace him. They've replaced Jeter. They've replaced everybody in that place except one. The most dominant figure that the New York Yankees have had in the last 60 years since Mantle is Mariano Rivera. They've never been able to replace him. That guy won more significant. You remember the games he lost because there were so many wins. His his impact on the AFC and the um, American League East is he's the greatest pitcher in Yankee history. Well, Jeter Jeter's replaced. DiMaggio was replaced. Ruth was replaced. Garrig was replaced. 
Reggie was replaced. Bernie Williams was replaced. Mariano Rivera has never been replaced. He's the greatest arm in the history of the, of the team. He won more important games. You don't remember the starters. You remember him. All right. Let me take a timeout. Philly Godfather, week 11 of the National Football League. We're going to make you some money. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Godfather, help you make some money. He's been absolutely killing it since he's come on our program. Let me ask you this. If you're Texas A&M, 
Would you give Deion Sanders a $11 million a year job if he ends up the season this year, four and eight? Would you? Personally, I think the AM job is a shitty job. They pay like it's a top job, but name me a guy that's won there. They keep calling it like one of the great jobs in the country. Like who? The last guy that won there was Bear Bryant. It's not a great job. It's a great paying job. You can't win there. You got to play LSU and Alabama every year in the West, in the SEC. That's not a great job. Auburn is a great job. Why in the world would Dion take that job? He'll never win there. No one has ever won at Texas A&M. There's a place that pays and has the money, but they don't know who they are. They spend more money on shitty coaches and pretending to be a, an elite program, and they've never been an elite program. Dennis Francione, um, R.C. Slocum. Oh, who else? Okay. Who else? It's a shitty program. Deion should wait. Colorado's not going to be his end all, but Deion Sanders, and the reason that you, can I tell you why four and eight won't matter? Because he's black. He had to take a shitty job. They weren't going to give him one of the better jobs in the country. So he had to take the shitty jobs like every black coach in college football has to take. Dion was at the back of the bus like every other black coach in this country. Very seldom do you get an opportunity like Ty Willingham or Freeman at Notre Dame right now. You, you, you don't get opportunities to coach the elite places like Tennessee, Auburn, Bama, Georgia, places like that. You don't if you're black. College football has 137 Division I programs. There's 11 black coaches. It's an atrocious number. And get this, it's all the bullshit jobs. Buffaloes, Memphis. Utah states, shitty things like that. So he ha he takes a Colorado job, and you know that Colorado is like one of the dregs of college football. So four and eight is basically like ten wins because it's a shitty job. He had to take the bad jobs. Black coaches have to take bad jobs. That's why coaches like Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin can get multiple opportunities to coach elite programs having never done shit. How does Lane Kiffin continually get all these great coaching jobs and Lane Kiffin's never won anything? His last name's Kiffin and he's white. Lane Kiffin was black. He'd be at FIU. FAU. Texas A&M. Oh, no, excuse me. Florida A&M, Grambling. 
Yeah. Think about this, for instance. Why do you think Mike Tom's the head coach of the Steelers? What's the rule named after? Yeah, where's where's Jim Caldwell's next job? Matt Nagy gets a couple opportunities. Some of these other guys get numerous. Look at Josh McDaniel. How does Josh McDaniel have numerous opportunities at being a head coach in the National Football League? And a guy like and, and a guy like that doesn't get it, or or Brian Flores. They don't get opportunities like that. But Josh McDaniel does. What's Josh McDaniel done? That makes you think he could be a head football coach. Every single guy that's ever coached with Belichick that's got an opportunity has failed miserably. He's never had one coach in his coaching tree that has gone on to do shit. Except for maybe Bill O'Brien. I mean, African-Americans in this country coaching college football you want to know why you don't see more college football coaches that are black? Because you don't see you don't see them being promoted to being court. How many black coordinators are there? I, I don't really know that. There could be a ton, but I doubt it. How many? How many? How many? I mean, how many black coordinators offensively are in this are in the NFL that are black? Well, they're fixing it, Yell. Jeez, just in the nick of time. It's 2023 and they're fixing it. College football's been around 200 years, but they're fixing it. Really? You think there'll ever be a blackhead football coach at Alabama? You had a chance to hire Sylvester Croom. Paul Bear Bryant guy passed on his ass. You ever had? You ever think he had to go to Mississippi State? You think there'll be a black coach at LSU? By the way, for for just shits and giggles, are there any black coaches right now in the SEC in football that are head coaches? I I I I, I there might be. I don't know. And. And Dion only got the job at Colorado because of his resume. I know who he is. They thought it was going to be a joke. Are there any coaches at the SEC right now that are black? Billy Napier, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> who, who's that South Carolina? Let me think. Okay, Georgia, no. Tennessee, no. Who, um, let's see. Mississippi State, no. Who, Ole Miss, no. That's Kiffin. Kentucky is Stoops. I'm, I, I, I didn't realize that, that there's no black coaches in the SEC. Gee. Okay, predominantly the area of the United States of America where you recruit the most and you don't have one black coach there. 
Is that just me? Probably. It's coincidence. Right? You know, I've been fighting this and talking about this my entire broadcasting career. And nothing's changed in 35 years. It just doesn't make sense. Now, we're going to make some money and we're going to start, we're going to start rattling some cages here. And there's only one guy that I know. Hey, hey let, me, let me say this. You get a Greek and a Paisan together, what do you get? Let me see here. That's a hell of a cannoli. That, that that to me, okay, that's a hell of a, that's a hero. That's what I'm saying there, okay? That's that's what I like. That's that's the that the year. Hey, the gyro and the cannoli. That's what we. Sh- that's the new name of the Joe Kraus. Okay, the gyro and the cannoli. Let's bring on Philly Godfather. <laughs> you got me cracking. You know you could catch a couple felonies with a Greek and an Italian. <laughs> ah. Oh man! Hey. All law enforcement people, please disregard that comment. <laughs> hey, by the way, we've changed our way, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but on. Hey, man. So, how well have you been doing this year, man? On the um, on the street here, helping people make some dough and make some car payments. Yeah, the NFL has been lights out. I mean, I'm close to seventy percent on the year in the NFL. College football was a little choppy on your show. I can't lose. So thank God everyone that's watching the show and all the college football selections we've given out. It's been a great year on your show. But to be honest, college football has been a little tougher this season, but NFL's been lights out. Man, you've been killing it, absolutely. Hey, before I get into um, talking a little bit about the games this weekend, let me ask you this. Do you think an NFL head football coach, do you think the record's more tied to the quarterback or do you think the record's more tied to the head coach? I mean, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl without a great co- quarterback. You can get there. Lots of, you know, mediocre quarterbacks got there. Trent Delfer completed 12 passes and won a Super Bowl. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that don't happen often. In this day and age, you, 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 need, a, you need a great quarterback to, uh, to win the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I think you need a quarterback more than anything. Now, now I, w- I, want, I want to play a game with you here. Take Jalen Hurts out of the conversation in the NFC side. Name me the five top quarterbacks in the NFC. Hmm. Not name Jalen Hurts. <laughs> uh, you got an old Matt Stafford. He's banged up. Okay, hold on. They have to be active. Matt okay. Stafford. All right. Uh, man, it's tough. Uh, Dak is – Dak? Dak's okay. He gets brain cramps, but he's okay. Uh, man, it's tough. It's tough. A lot of mediocre quarterbacks. Purdy, I don't know if he can beat you in the playoffs against the better quarterbacks, but he's got a great team around him. He's got some great numbers. You, do you throw him in there this season? You might. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons. Uh, who else you got? NFC is kind of weak. Sam Howell. You got Danny Dimes is done. Um, you can't name five. Jared yeah. Goff? 
Yeah, yeah, Jared Goff's still pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm with, I'm with it. I think yeah. he's probably the yeah. second best quarterback in the yeah. in the conference this year. And Geno's Geno. I mean, you don't know what you get with him come playoff time. Uh, yeah, I, you know what, Kyler Murray, he came back last week, and I had bet against him, and he can run around like a maniac out there and make things happen, and uh, you might want to throw him in there, top five, but uh, there's no one that's going to scare you to death. <laughs> here's 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 where I'm going here about Monday night's game. So, let's do the AFC, Mahomes, and I'm doing that, Lamar Jackson, um... Allen, Herbert, Lawrence, Stroud. I could go down the list. My point is this. Jalen Hurts has the least amount of resistance to get to the NFC title game every year because it's not that he doesn't play good teams. He plays shitty quarterbacks. I mean, you really – do you really – I don't believe the Eagles would be 8-1 and one in the AFC. No, tough, tough conference. But then again – Listen, people were talking smack about the Eagles last year having the easiest schedule and this and that. But when they got to the Super Bowl, I mean, they, they almost beat the Chiefs. So as mediocre as their some of their metrics may look, as bad as their pass defense has looked, I mean, they did get to the Super Bowl last year and almost beat Kansas City with arguably the best coach in the NFL and Andy Reid, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL with Patrick Mahomes. So I, I know we knock them, you know, each and every week, but they're getting the job done. So uh, – they're still dangerous. How about this? Kansas City to this game on Monday, combined record played four playoff teams, 40 and 35. They've played golf, Lawrence, Wilson, Herbert, and Tua. The Eagles have a 35 and 40 record right now. And they played Cousins, Tua, Dak. You know what? I don't have a problem putting Sam Howell in there. He's leading the NFL in passing yards. He's having a really good year. Um, I, I think that's got a lot to do with the enemy, the offensive coordinator. I do too. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, who do you think is more prepared for that game on Monday night? Do you think it's the Eagles or do you think it's the Chiefs having played tougher? By the way, also look at this too. Godfather, check it out. Now that, that, that Denver game that they lost to in Denver, that thing don't look that bad right now. Yeah, I mean, Denver's playing some good football. The Chiefs defensively are the better team, let's be honest. I think they're ranked fourth in opponent yards per play, the third in uh, opponent yards per pass. So that's going to give Jalen Hurts some problems here. But there's supposed to be some weather, some wind. If you see some bad weather and wind, that'll even it out. In the passing game, it'll make it hard for Mahomes to pass the ball, and the Eagles will have a better shot. So uh, it all to me, it all depends on how bad the weather is Monday night. If it's really windy. You got an Eagles team that can run the ball down your throat. They can impose your will. They got one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Um, and if you're getting anything over a field goal, I think the game's a coin flip, but I'm, we're going to have to wait to see what the weather's like. But if, if weather isn't a factor, I mean, I'm leaning towards Kansas City. They're the better team, better coach team, better quarterback, better defense. Uh, now, their one weakness is stopping the run this season, and that's something the Eagles can do. But other than that, this Kansas City Chiefs team is built to you know go deep in the playoffs again. So you got you got you're taking KC in this game Monday night. Depends on the weather, yeah. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Right now, anything under a field goal, I kind of like Kansas City. Now it is the square side. I think right last I checked, like 70% of the tickets. Is it two square. and a half they're favored by? Yeah, KC? two and a half point favorites. Yeah. So a, a lot of the public spent in Kansas City. I never want to be on the public side, even though they went 50% of the time. Uh 
and it is Kansas City. It's hard to beat KC. KC. I mean, they're going to be prepared. This is a big game for both teams. I know there's some revenge from the Super Bowl for the Birds here. Uh, but I'm going to wait closer to game time to see what the weather's like because I think that, that could swing my opinion on this matchup. Well, here, let me throw this last question at you for this game on Monday. Do you think that the Philadelphia Eagles have closed the gap on the Kansas City Chiefs from nine months ago? Do you think they've closed the gap to where you look at the team now and you think that they're better than what they had in that Super Bowl? And I'm going to give you some more stats. In that Super Bowl in the first half, they had 10 designed run plays that netted 52 yards. Now they put the smoke screen out today that they took the knee brace off. So they threw that out there like they're going to potentially run here. But to me, the key component is this. They had 158 yards rushing, and I'm talking Kansas City. I don't know if Kansas City is going to duplicate that, putting 158 against the Birds on Monday because they have improved with Carter and Davis. So, But the question comes back, do you think they've closed the gap on Kansas City with this team this current you're looking at right now? It's kind of weird because Kansas City's offense isn't as good as last year, but their, Correct. Defense, their defense is better. Uh, this Eagles pass defense, one of the, I don't know, ranked 20th in opponent yards per pass attempt. So a guy like Mahomes can really chew you up. Uh, the other thing people don't talk about in that Super Bowl was it was a real slippery field. And when you are when you got those edge rush, rushers coming in, they were slipping and sliding. When you got an interior pass rush that's stronger, you're not going to fall down as much. And we saw that in the Super Bowl uh, on that field. It was so wet. It was so slippery. So that, to me, that kind of gave Kansas City a small edge because the Eagles pass rush was lights out last year. I mean, they were breaking all kinds of records. Uh, that, what, they have 70 sacks on the season, second best to like the 85 Bears. So uh, you're not going to you're not going to be playing on a slippery field. But again, weather and field conditions, people don't realize this. And you've played football; it's huge, it's huge. I know both teams will play on the same field, but the strengths on both teams are different, and the weaknesses on both teams are different. So you really got to pay attention to weather, field conditions, and uh, you know, it's just it's tough to call who got better and who got worse. If anything, I think the Chiefs got a little better than the Eagles did this year. How about this? Don't you think both teams are built for weather? Yeah, they can both run the ball. Uh, I mean, Andy Reid, you're not gonna, you're not gonna outsmart him, <laughs> you know. You no, know. especially in the last two games, because check this out: the Eagles were, the Eagles faced a team that was round twentieth in running the ball, and they ran the ball almost for four hundred yards in both games against them combined. Yeah. I mean, nobody would have ever thought. Now they weren't as good as they are now. They were twenty second and twenty one, and last year they got all the way up to sixteenth. Now they're one, so that. That is where they've closed the gap, I think. It's right yeah. there. I mean, the Eagles' offense isn't as good as last year. They, they they scored more points than any NFL team in history in the first half of games last season. They're not doing that this year. They're ranked 11th in yards uh, per play on offense. Uh, they're still stacked. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's underperformed against some of the better pass defenses. Uh, you saw what the Cowboys did to him. He threw for, what, 207. His his projected total by odds makers was closer to 250 in that game, and he underperformed by 40 yards. Against the Jets, you know, he didn't look too great. Uh, they've been really lucky. You know, they got the seventh-best point differential in the NFL. And, uh, you know, eventually your luck runs out. But this week, I think they match up well. Like I said, depending on the weather, you know, that'll sway my opinion on who to bet this, this game. Who has more of passing yards um, in this game mm-hmm. on Monday, Mahomes or Hurts? Oh, and, Mahomes. by the way, just so you know for context, Jalen's outpassed him in two games. Yeah. That they played head to head the last two years. I think Mahomes does. Yeah. 
Chiefs over 250? I don't know. Like, if it's real windy, they're expecting wind gusts okay. 35 miles an hour. So you really got to pick. Like, if the wind's fine, yeah, I'd go over 250 all day. Like, it's a no-brainer for me. And I'd go under on Hurts' passing yards because the Chiefs' pass defense, one of the best in the NFL. Would you agree that you – Right, the key in that game is going to be who runs the ball the best in that game. Because, again, I don't really think Kansas City, but Kansas City's going to have to get at least over a C note to keep that third, to keep that third and short and play action going, to keep them honest, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's a, that's usually the, the case in every NFL game. Yep. The team that outrushes their opponent usually wins the game like 80% of the time. So, you know, I know it's a pass league. But when you look at the metrics, the team that outrushes their opponent wins the game eight eight out of ten times. So, you know, it is what it is. Chicago at Detroit. <laughs> um, you know what? These are the kind of games you get a good sense of what kind of team and what kind of metal uh, potential contender is because if they play down to their competition, right, then you kind of get nervous about them as they're getting closer to the finish line here. Is that kind of what you look at in a game like this? Because Chicago – from what I understand, Justin Fields is playing too. Yeah, he's playing. And uh, Detroit, you know, came down last possession last week. So that takes a little bit out of you the following week, I think. What they went 41 38 against the Chargers. It was a big game, big emotional game. It was a tight game. Came down to the final possession. But you got, you, you know, if you, if you grab the plus 10 early on the Bears, I think it's a great bet. A divisional game. These teams know each other like the back of their hand. But now it's getting closer to seven. It's at seven and a half. If it gets to seven, you might look to tease the lines down to like minus one. I'm not looking to bet the game. I'm not looking to lay seven and a half because seven is such a key number in the NFL. And the only number better, you know, more key than seven is three. So if you can get below seven and three and tie in the lines in a teaser, I, th- I think it'll cash a ticket for you. This game looks a little more interesting now. And now that Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson are out, this Arizona Houston, Houston has a shot now to be a playoff team because of what's going on with Cincinnati and, and with Cleveland now, and now you get Kyler Murray back. They got Connor back too. I'll tell you what, I think Arizona could go in there against that pass defense that uh, the Texans has. This could be an interesting ball game. I'm going to keep an eye on this thing. Yeah. The line went from five down to four. Now it's back up to six. So wow. Yeah. Texans are favored by I think six. Uh, and to be honest, Houston might be the best team in the AFC South. I know the Jags have a better record, but the Texans have a better point differential on the season. They've beaten the Jags this year. They beat the Saints. Who else they beat? They beat the Steelers. Uh, they beat some. They beat the Bengals. This Texans team with that quarterback, they're capable of beating anyone, and they got a shot outside shot of making the playoffs. You know, so this is a tough matchup. But like I said, Kyle Murray came back. Cardinals had lost six straight, and all of a sudden, you know, they come out on top with him. Uh, it's tough uh, defending a, a guy that can run like that, you know, when he's playing quarterback and, and elude that pass rush that they have. Uh, I, I think this is a shootout. I kind of like the over here, over 47. And if the game gets to seven, I'll probably look to take Arizona plus seven, man. It's a big number. And who are the Texans to lay seven? They're still a young team. They still might make some mistakes. And they've been playing some great football. But Kyler Murray's a veteran. And I think uh, Arizona can stay within that seven-point spread. And I think they put up a lot of points this week, over 47. Have you ever seen a football team like the Cowboys that have had so many gigantic point spreads in one year? I mean, I don't even know what the Carolina point spread is now. <laughs> Dallas at Carolina. I mean, uh, is, is it over 10? 
Yeah, it's up to uh, it's up to ten and a half, eleven in some spots. Did they last week have sixteen? Well, it was seventeen and a half. I think it was against the Giants. So last two weeks they've had seventeen and a half and ten. Hey, holy! They're playing bad teams. I mean, they're playing bad teams, and yeah, the Cowboys like to beat up on bad teams. On the you know little stepbrothers, they beat them up. Uh, But when it comes to you know beating the better teams, they've had some issues this year. It's a big number. I'm not looking to take Carolina here, even though they're you know their defense is slightly better than mediocre. It's in Carolina. Uh, It's a big number. If you if I could have taken anything under 10, I might have looked to take the Dallas. But I'm not looking about this game right now. It's a big number in the NFL, man. Ten and a half is a big number on the road to cover. Okay, Chargers at Green Bay. Green Bay's waved the uh, white flag here a little bit. but Yeah, I think so. You know, now with, like we said about Cleveland, though, and the Bengals, this pushes the Chargers into a position for a playoff spot here. Um, are you buying the Chargers this year to potentially make the playoffs? And is this, this game here in Green Bay, they've got to go up to Lambeau? Yeah, there's no weather in Green Bay. I checked the weather, so that's big for a team like the Chargers. I mean, they got the better point differential on the year. They got the better team. I don't know if they got the better coach or not. Both coaches are a little suspect to me. Uh, but they do, like you said, they got an outside shot of making the playoffs. Packers defense is really good this year, but they're banged up. They're missing like three guys. Uh, they might not play. They're questionable, and they're key uh, components on that defensive side of the ball. So they're a little banged up on the defensive side. Chargers coming off a loss. It seems like every game the Chargers play is a rerun of the previous game. Comes down to last possession, they lose by a field goal. It's 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 mind-boggling how many of these games they've lost over the last couple of years with such a great quarterback and such a great team. Uh, it really boggles your mind, like I said. But uh, I think they, I think they get the job done here. Anything under a field goal, I like the Chargers. I think they win the game, even though it is the public side. No, wait, no, wait a minute here. Matt Lafleur has got the same win percentage as um, Nick Sirianni. Man, I mean. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about here? You know, win percentages and wins and such. What are you yeah. doing, Godfather? I mean, yeah, Bill Belichick was you're, amazing. You're, with you're making uh, Nikki Sirianni look a little bit. You know, you're talking about a guy with a 68 win percentage versus a guy with a 700 win percentage. I mean, are you saying that those win percentages don't mean shit? Is that is that is that what you're implying? I mean, how great was Belichick with Tom Brady? How, how good is he now? <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Pierce goes to South Florida and takes on Miami. How do you see this bad puppy? The game's up to 14, man. It's a lot of points. 14? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it opened I'm like, taking the Raiders. It's a lot. Of, that's what they want you to take. You know, they wanted you to take the Giants last week. I mean, you know, the bookmakers, they're begging for Raiders action here. You know, they, that lot might go. I would have to take 20 on this game to take the dog here. Miami, they're starting to get healthy. Get the running backs back. He's playing. They're going to run the ball down their throat. They're going to light them up. I think it's going to be a big game for Miami. I'm not looking to lay the 14 points, but I can see Miami blowing this team out. Yeah, the librarian, man. He's a good coach, Nick Sirianni. (laughs) (laughs) He's a Nick Sirianni. There's only one other, two other jobs you could have a CPA and a librarian's job. (laughs) All right, man. I do. I'm not going to give you Giants in Washington. I don't want to embarrass you. Okay. I like the commanders. You do? Yeah, they lost last time doing by a touchdown, right? With the Giants being 14-77, revenge game, division game. I think the commanders are still playing while the Giants, they know they're ducked. They, you know, they're waving the white flag. They surrendered. I think the commanders got a chance to blow this team out, but I think the, the sharper bet, a uh, little insurance is to tease them down. If you can get them at like two and a half or even two, I mean, that, that, that'll be a, a better bet. But I think the commanders blow this team's doors off, man. Now, without Watson, dude, here's another team. Now, Pittsburgh gets elevated. 
There, I, and by the way, I have no idea how the Steelers are winning games. Yeah. I have, I mean, Kenny Pickett sucks. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea who's quarterbacking in Cleveland. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about RG3 and some of these other dogs like working out and bringing them in and such. But Pittsburgh, here they are, man. Mike Tomlin, just a great coach. Gets his guys ready to play. Hard to believe he's never had a losing record in 18 years. Yeah. Is this team – how do you look at the Steelers? Magic. I mean, he's he's a magician. He's Houdini this year. Mike Tomlin, they got a negative point differential in the season. Their offense is horrible. Nobody's scared of Kenny Pickett. He don't, you know, he don't straight fear in anyone's eyes. Uh, I don't even know how they beat the Browns the first time around. Their offense didn't even get one offensive, I think, first down in that game. Uh, turnovers has been, have been their friends on the defensive side. But to be honest, I think the Browns are better top to bottom. You know, the roster, I think they're a better team. I think they're going to rally this week. I know Watson went down, but he might come back for the playoffs. There's a shot. Now, does the organization say, all right, we're going to gamble $230 million and let him come back for the playoffs and play with a you know shot of him getting injured again? I'm not sure, but he'll be ready to play by the playoffs if the Browns get in. Uh, I like the Browns here. I mean, the line was four. At four, I like the Steelers, division game. But now it went down to a pick You can probably get them at a pick or minus one. I think the Browns win this game. I think they got that kid on the short leash. He's thrown three picks on the season. Robinson, uh, in that one game he started. But Walker, he's thrown five. So, you know, it depends. Uh, I think they're going to run the ball down the Steelers' throat. Steelers have one of the worst run defenses in, in the NFL this year. I think they're ranked 26th. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, they can't stop the run this year. So as long as the Browns run the ball, play conservative, don't try and do anything fancy on offense. I think their defense gets the job done. It's a revenge game. I like the Browns here just to win the game. The Number one overall defense, I think, too, in the NFL, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Here's the best coach the Eagles have had since um, Andy Reid, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, Doug Peterson, they come off a really horrible performance against the 49ers. It is at home. Um, Tennessee, probably going to want to run the ball there with um, – how about this? Did you see this stat here about Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry could become just like the seventh player in NFL history. Here it is right here. Derrick Henry can become just the eighth player to run for 9K in 80 touchdowns in eight years um, this weekend. And they're going to Jacksonville. And that's one thing that the Jags have had a little issue with is stopping the run. Yeah, and their point differential on the season, isn't that great for having a, such a solid record? Division games, a lot of points, lane seven. It is at home. I mean, public's going to be all over Jacksonville here. I'm not looking to lay seven points with a team with uh, basically, what are they, plus six point differential on the season. Uh, man, it's hard to take Tennessee, though. Uh, I probably The better bet's probably to tease Jacksonville down, time in, maybe lane one. If the game gets a seven and a half, I'll probably look to take Tennessee. Division game plus over a touchdown. It's just a tough game to bet. Tough game. What a coach, man. That's a coach right there. That ain't a coach. Doug Peterson. That ain't a coach. Brady was a good coach, too. Yeah. Best coach the Eagles have had in a long time. Or, excuse me, the Jags, (laughs) I should say. I apologize. (laughs) Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Boy, I'll tell you something, man. That Niners team. When they got Trent Williams on the field, it's the same impact that Lane Johnson has on the Eagles when the Eagles don't have Lane on the field. They're a completely different ball team. When they have him on the field, that's a super-looking roster. 
they're not only a super looking roster, they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl when he's on the field. Right now they're plus 500. They got better odds than the Eagles, uh, slightly better odds than the Chiefs. Wait, say that again. The 49ers <laughs> have better odds to win the Super Bowl this year than Philly. Yeah, when they're healthy, this is a very, very dangerous team. You see the difference in the numbers in McCaffrey. And, I got to write that down. I mean, Purdy's numbers look better. The whole team's numbers look better when Trent Williams is in the lineup. And they're getting healthy. Uh, Eagles better hope the 49ers meet up with the Cowboys in the playoffs. Because the Cowboys don't match up good against the 49ers, but they do match up very well against the Eagles. So they better hope the 49ers take care of their business or else Eagles could be one and done this year. I'm serious. <laughs> oh my God! I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. See, like I said Eagles, last week, Dan. I don't think the forty. I don't think the Eagles match up good against the Cowboys in the postseason. No. no, they don't. They don't. That's why I said they better not. They better hope they don't meet up with the Cowboys in the postseason. They need the 49ers to beat the Cowboys, or else they they could be in trouble. Like I said last week, Cowboys gave the Eagles that game. The Eagles didn't win it. You know, you have a lot of flag waving Eagle fans in here, man. I mean. <laughs> How about this thing here? The MILF Hunter versus boy, I'll tell you, Buffalo dog. Holy shit, man. They gotta win. This is a big game for them. They're at five and five. They gotta win this. And the Jets open the season by beating them. They gotta win this thing, man. I don't know if they do. Lines what seven? It's up to seven. Get, get this. If you say that now, check it out. Supposedly, now if they win this game. Rodgers is talking about coming back after Thanksgiving. That's crazy. And he went, bro, I'll tell you, that would change the entire landscape of the AMC if he can bring anything to the table there. Yeah. Uh, it's wow. tough. I mean, they lost the first time around to the Jets. But the Buffalo's a mess. You know, they got scapegoats. They're firing oh, you think the wrong... they're unraveling? Yeah, they're firing the wrong people. I mean, they got to fire yeah, the head coach. I mean, oh, he sucks. It's just, uh, and I don't know what's going on with Josh Allen. Is there a lingering injury? Is there something going on in his head? Some, something's off about this team. I know they're missing a couple guys are banged up, but still, they should be much better than what their record is. Uh, they're down to like 25 to 1 now. They were one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl to start the season. Now they're, I don't know, maybe seventh or eighth to win the Super Bowl. And like you said, if the Jets can find a way to win this game and Aaron Rodgers is coming back, watch more. So there might be some value if you're looking to take some Jets futures. Uh, with him back in the lineup after Thanksgiving. Uh, it's at seven. I'm not looking to bet this game. The whole public's going to be on Buffalo. They're all going to tell themselves they can't lose again, and they're not going to lose to the Jets again, but just be very, very weary because that kind of mindset gets you in trouble when you're betting you know, real money in the NFL. Seattle at the Rams. McVay's a great coach, but I don't know. And, and Stafford's playing. Are you buying Seattle this year? <sighs> Yes and no. I mean, I think the Rams match up well against them. Line opened up with Seattle being a favorite. Now the Rams are one-point favorites. Uh, tough game. If You know, gun to my head, I'd probably – I'd probably uh, – man, it's tough. This is tough. It's right there. The game's a pick man. It's a coin flip. I'll take – they don't have much of a home field advantage. This is a tough one. I don't know. This is a tough one, Damon. I'm not – uh, if anything, I'd probably bet the over. I'd go over 46. I'm not looking to bet the side, but I do lean to the Rams a little bit. How about this thing here? Josh Dobbs is playing well. You got Denver now. If they win this ball game, and because of what we've talked about with all the injuries at the quarterback position in the AFC, Denver would be at 5-5 five and five on the season 
coming out of this game after 10, who would have ever thought something like that, that you could see the Broncos at five and five, a pretty big game for them and a very interesting ball game. I'll be watching this thing as well, because again, to me, Minnesota is one of the playoff teams on the NFC side that potentially the Eagles could face if they get into the postseason here. Um, how do you look at this thing? Yeah, the Vikings been red hot. Uh, but as we said a few weeks back, if anyone can change this Broncos team, it's Sean Payton. And that's exactly what he's done. He's, you know, this team is starting to play some good football. They're at home. They got a huge home field advantage playing in Denver. <laughs> the altitude, you got a dome team. You know, usually when they play in uh, conditions like that, they underperform. But you got that kid. I mean, he's an astronaut, right? One of the smartest kids out there playing quarterback for Minnesota. And I bet against him last week and he burned me. But I think I think the Broncos get the job done here. You know, under a field goal, I like Denver minus two and a half. Josh Armstrong's playing tonight. Okay. I mean, he's an astronaut. Neil Armstrong, Josh Dobbs, Neil Armstrong's kid playing tonight. Yeah, you know what's crazy? That kid was on every channel. I must have seen him do 20 different interviews. And I'm telling myself, that's not a good sign. And, you know, he just got there and he's still like the kid went out there and just killed it. Just killed, killed it. it. Killed, killed it. it. He was exceptional. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that got the playbook five minutes prior to the game, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Some college games for you. Tonight, Colorado, Washington State. Ugh. This was a tough one. I know both teams have been – Washington State lost, what, six in a row? I think they started off 4-0 and with some quality wins over a couple of teams, and they lost six straight. Uh, Washington State has. And Colorado's, what, 1-7 in the last eight? But – Colorado's still – they're still hanging around. I mean, their last four or five games, it's come down to one possession. While Washington State, I think they've, they've given up on the season. Uh, before the season started, Washington State's projected win total was higher than Colorado's, but now they both have just four wins on the season. I think the game's a coin flip. They're giving me four and a half points on Colorado. I didn't I – guess, I guess I like Colorado plus the four, four and a half here. OU, BYU. I, I didn't even bet the game. Okay, move on. Bet the game. Utah, Arizona. Oh, that's a tough one, man. I, Arizona, as long as Arizona doesn't. I told you, more. Arizona's a fun team to watch, aren't they? Jud, hey, Jed Fish has done a great job at turning that mess around. That they're a fun team to they're a fun team to watch. I told you, Philly, that yeah. that Arizona team, they're 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 on the they're on the way back. Yeah. No, they're good, man. And they lost two games in overtime this year. Uh, <clears throat> they're probably the better team. Utah's offense has struggled this season. But like I said, as long as Arizona doesn't cut, you know, turn the ball over, I think they win this game. I think they cover the spread. I like Arizona. Georgia at Tennessee. You know, I don't think Georgia – do you do you agree? Georgia doesn't look to me to be as good as the last two years that they've had. You know, you're going through a repeat. Or a tree peat, actually. And no team since, like, those Army teams, I think, that has done that. I can't – I mean, right back when you were, like, running the wing tee with uh, Doc Blanchard and them guys, and George Patton was, like, the head coach. I'm like, they haven't seen anybody go for three in a row here. I mean, so this is pretty remarkable. And what they're doing is they're in the midst of an incredible run, and no one's talking about it enough. But that Georgia team looks – very vulnerable. I watched them last week and two weeks ago. They look beatable. 
Yeah, I thought that too. And I took uh, the plus 11 on the dog last week and they blew him out 52-17. So uh, <laughs> I was on the wrong side of that one. Uh, you got basically the, the same point spread uh, this week, except that one team's at home. I, I kind of like Tennessee anything over 10 points. If you can grab oh. a half on Tennessee, uh, I think they can hang around in this one, man. They played Alabama tough. Turnovers cost them a couple games this season. They can still put up some points. That's a big number, man. I like Tennessee plus the 10 and a half. What do you make of this Harbaugh stuff? I think it was, you know, they didn't do their due diligence. Let's be honest. They suspect. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like someone's got a, uh, you know. No, it, it, here, here's the story. There is an, there's an alum that has ties to the Vikings. And he didn't like how Harbaugh treated Ziggy Wolf and how the interview process went. And so what he did was he turned around and took it out on Harbaugh and he's taken a gigantic shit on him and he has put everything out there, Jim's this and that, and people have been rifling all kinds of intel. And like I said, the rule, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, seriously, if you want to talk about a, a Big Ten conference that mishandled COVID-19 now they're mishandling this thing here. They're stopping starting the season, and I was shit. You talk about a woke conference. Yeah, the and Big Ten is the prime example of this bullshit. And guess what? It might end up working against them because the kids are rallying around Harbaugh, the coaches, the fans. You see that kid with the blood in his and oh, the coach crying and shit. I loved it. What a football player! So. This might work against them. I mean, uh, you know, being vindictive like that is never a good thing. It's bad karma. And, uh, and you know I'll, what I don't get to is that you're going to get $20 million if they make it to the final four and they have to split it with all the teams in the conference. Yeah. Why are you shitting on something that will help you make more money for your entire body of teams? And you're like self-imposing things on – on yourself to hurt yourself, make economic money for everyone. You think like, here's the point. You think they would ever suspend Jim or uh, Nick Saban no. in the sec for shit like this? No, absolutely not. And, you know, like you said, some people are just vindictive, but guess what? There's still four and a half point favorites against Ohio state last game of the season. That line hasn't moved, even though Harbaugh's not on the field and uh, everyone's rallying around them. So this, this, you know, it, it kind of reminds me when the Eagles lost uh, Wentz and they had the, you know, the masks on and they were hungry dogs and it motivated that team. And I think, you know, you see every kid tweeting out bet, bet, bet. And then you see Tom Brady tweet out bet, bet on his Twitter account. So, it, like, it, it's rallying everyone around this team. And uh, as of right now, they're the favorite to win the college football championships ahead of Georgia. So, you know, they're, they're a good team. Even though I like, Maryland, I like Maryland this week, plus 21, just so you know. Oh, wow, you're going to take Maryland in a number. Okay. UCLA, USC. By the way, get this. There's a report that Chip Kelly could have his ass fired if, uh, <laughs> no matter what he does in this game. And you're going to have to help me out on this. I didn't know UCLA was a football power. I mean, that's a basketball school. And I'm not sure what they were expecting uh, out, of, out of Chip Kelly to go into UCLA. I mean, I someone's going to have to – Click back and let me know when the last time they were in a national championship picture. I don't remember that. Yeah. And they may be blowing him out. And then you got Lincoln Riley on the other side who's completely lost the entire alumni base. How do you see this thing? This is a train wreck game. 
Yeah, it, it's a little weird. The game opened up six. It's down to four and a half in some spots. USC's, you know, four and a half point favorite. Total's basically painted like 64, so they're expecting some points here. I didn't bet the side. Uh, if I was if I was going to bet UCLA, I need at least seven points here. If anything, if the number starts creeping even lower, if it gets down to three and a half, I might buy the half a point and just uh, take USC minus three. Finally, here, I think this is an under. I think this is an undercover game. Washington at Oregon State. Oregon State's a good football team. That kid EJ that came over from Clemson has changed the landscape of that football program. They look good. Coach Smith has done a nice job. Dare I say, with the Beaver. Yeah, and they were one-point favorites when this line opened up. Oregon State went as high as being a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's back down to two, one-and-a-half. So there's some sharp money on Oregon State. Uh, and if you look at the odds to make the playoffs, uh, Washington is now uh, behind Oregon. Oregon's the favorite out of the Pac-12 to make the playoffs. So something's going on here. There's some sharp money on Oregon State. I think Oregon State wins this game. The man that chose KC, or he's waiting for the weather on Monday, but, right? Waiting for the weather. I mean, you know, it changes the dynamic of how the game's played. If they got some high winds. But you think it's that close? It's. I might take the birds. You might see me. You might see me tweet now. Go birds this week. Go birds, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Tell the folks how they can find you, my good friend. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. Stop by my website, thephillygodfather.com. And we have our show every Thursday night on Jacob, uh, YouTube, SiriusXM, Sports Grid TV. And we live stream it on my Twitter account, at Philly Godfather. College football, one-hour show. NFL, one-hour show. We've had you on. You're coming back on soon. Love you, Dan. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Keep throwing hooks, dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's my man, Philly Godfather, man. I love talking to him each and every single Friday. At 5.30. I thank you guys so much. I know we're getting closer. We're getting closer and closer. Okay? Look at look at Tone, man. Tone, Tone's, Tone's got like fire starters in his hand right now. They're just his hands. He's getting ready, man. He's throwing punches too, going, I can't wait to get a hold of you, silly on Monday, man. I'm going to get your ass and put you in a headlock and throw you down. You're going to think I'm Draymond Green. <laughs> I'm Rudy Gobert. And he's Draymond. (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much for what you did. Xander, thank you. Big Joe, thank you. Monday, don't forget, 2 to 6. Tone, thank you. We'll see you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.